was AEW successful? Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long-term booking. Thank you so very much for joining us right here on Off The Script. This is your AEW Dynamite post-show, St. Patrick's Day Slam post-show for March 16th, 2022. I am your host, JD, from New York, and I'm joined by my fellow sports entertainer, Jesse. What's going on, man? I am not a sports entertainer, bro. Well, you're not a sports entertainer, but let me tell you something. If I was thrown into the sports entertainment realm, I think I would be a great sports entertainer. Well, you are. You watch these television shows that come on Mondays and Fridays. I don't know if they're called wrestling shows, but they're no. television shows. No, they're, they're not wrestling shows, man. They're, they're, they are the furthest thing from wrestling shows. Ah, uh, it's a beautiful thing. You just, man, tonight was off the fucking hook, right? Man, listen, um, Dynamite, I mean, we, we always say it's must-see, it's appointment television every every Wednesday. I'm glad it's Wednesday. It's the legit start of the wrestling week, as we all come to know and love. But tonight felt special, Jesse. Tonight was something that I think was a very long time coming for Thunder Rosa, the show just felt special. The crowd was hot all night in San Antonio, Texas. The show flowed better than I think Dynamite has flowed in many, many, many weeks. Uh, the camera angle, slight change to the camera angle tonight made it seem a little bit more, I would say. I don't want to use the term professional because AEW is pretty professional, but it looked very polished tonight with that that slight change to the camera view. Did you notice that at all? The ring... Might have looked a little bit smaller because of the camera angle, because maybe of the steel cage, but I enjoyed whatever they did tonight as far as the presentation of the show. I, I figured it was the, because of the uh, structure of the cage, yeah. because they had these those huge pillars on the corner. So, you know, I, I could see that, you know, making the ring look smaller. That's what I, I think. That's what I attested it to. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think the steel cage definitely had something to do with that, but I hope that they keep that... Uh, it, it almost felt like a wider angle camera shot, but I love the flow of the show tonight. Like I said, very special. We all knew what was going to happen. Going back to Revolution, guys, a lot of people, uh, when the outcome of the Rosa and Britt Baker match at Revolution was, you know, here and then gone, we all kind of questioned, was it the right decision for Thunder Rosa to uh, to lose that match and not win the AEW Women's Championship. Then we got the announcement of St. Patrick's Day Slam, and I think everybody kind of realized where this was headed. Uh, your anger turned into hope. Your anger and frustration turned into excitement. And San Antonio, Texas was the destination. Thunder Rosa is the new AEW Women's World Champion, and that's the first thing we're going to start off with. 
Uh, right from the get-go, Jesse, Thunder Rosa came out first, which I want to make everybody uh, uh, known or, or apparent. Uh, Thunder Rosa, the challenger for the championship, came out first. Not the champion. It's the way it should be. And she got a all-female mariachi group to play her to the ring, and she was donned up in the best-looking face paint that I think she's ever put on her face. She was ready to go. She came out in her traditional colors, and even on the back of her pants tonight, Jesse, her wrestling pants, it said the date's 316. Now, uh, it could be for 316 day. It's because of Steve Austin's day. It, it could be because Thunder Rosa is a huge Steve Austin fan. But it was today, and it was going to be memorialized from her forever. The AEW Women's Champion crown tonight, Thunder Rosa. What would you think of the entrance? What would you think of her presentation tonight before she even stepped in the ring? It felt it felt like her night, you know, from, from the jump. Um, everything about it, the build-up, the entire show, it just it felt like it was um, all about nothing but Thunder Rosa. And, you know, and, and this evening was, I mean... I wouldn't have changed it for anything, but you know, and but the match we get, you know, at Revolution. I mean, I, I mean, at least for me, the complaint wasn't that she lost. I mean, especially knowing that what we got today, the complaint for me was that why do we even have that match? You know, if you book the match, I mean, and it's already happening. We can't change that. So in the midst of it, knowing what we know now, yeah, Thunder Rosa should have lost that match. Now that you already booked it, but it shouldn't have happened. Yeah, I was, yeah, you know, looking back at it, obviously, you know, it, it's it's been it's been done so many times in, in the fandom of pro wrestling as fans. You, you kind of go back and look at certain things that happened and, you know, you think about what you would have done differently, what you would have done, what you wouldn't have done. This is one of those situations, like I agree with you, I wouldn't have done it at Revolution. I know you and I talked about it for a couple weeks leading up to that Revolution match. It should not have been Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker. I, I do think, and I agree with you, it should have been a tag team match of sorts. Mercedes Martinez and Thunder Rosa versus Britt Baker and Jamie Hader. I think that would have been a nice bridge to tonight. And they gave it away at the pay-per-view, and it didn't go in Rosa's favor. And then they booked the rematch, and I think Tony Khan kind of had it well in his head what he wanted to do, and that's why he gave us the outcome that he did at Revolution. But as far as the match is concerned, Thunder Rosa's in there. Britt Baker came out. She was heavily booed in San Antonio, Texas, as you you would... uh, you know, see, because she's the heel and this is Thunder Rosa's hometown. But, you know, the crowd loves the DMD chant and they uh, they always play along with uh, with Britt Baker doing her shtick. The match at Revolution, Jesse, I, I know you and I were both disappointed with it for whatever reason. It was lacking intensity. It was kind of sloppy. The crowd was out of it. Completely different story tonight. This was on par uh, at physicality, uh, I'm talking about. As far as physicality is concerned, on par with what they did in their unsanctioned match. Not as bloody, but blood was shed tonight. Chairs all over the place. Thumbtacks. Huge spots, which we'll get into. The physicality and the intensity was there. Don't think... It it did come close. I I don't think it was better as far as in-ring than their first match at at Daly's Place. And sequels normally are not better. I, I can't really recall any sequel that I've ever had uh, watched or played as far as a video game that was better than the original. They came pretty damn close, but it wasn't better than what they did in Daly's Place. But I, I don't want to say that to take away from the specialness of the night. I, I'm just basing it off of what we saw be, be, between these two ladies. 
Yeah, I don't know the length of these two matches, but um, this one felt shorter. Yes. This one, this one felt like it didn't get as much time. Yes. Um, again, I'm not sure of the timestamps. I mean, I could be way off, but and, and maybe it's the way they paced the match, you know, right away and they got into it, started off, and you can tell right away they went for the blade spot. You know, we didn't get too much time to cook and marinate. No. But but I but I get it, you know, and I mean we're we're on TV time. They only had about what the fifteen minutes to work with after entrances and everything. Yeah, so. I, I do agree. I do, I, I do think that the match could have been given another five minutes to really kind of have the ending go off and really make it special. I felt like they did that they did rush to the ending a little bit, and Thunder Rosa was forced to kind of no sell a couple of the big spots at the end of that match, and then they rushed to the ending with the uh, Fire Thunder Driver onto the thumbtacks, and then it was over one, two, three, and then there was a celebratory. Uh, you know, confetti parade and Dustin Rhodes came out. I, I do agree. I do think that they could have benefited from five more minutes. Probably, and I mean, and they would have had more time at the pay per view. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I know, I, I get it. You know, this this place and this moment. You know, it, it was this this whole night. You know, minus minus some storyline progression and some explanation. This whole night was about the women. This whole night was about Britt Baker and Thunder Rose. Yes. So I would have been happy with a little, with a little mini one hour rampage type episode for the first hour and giving these women the entire second hour to do their work. I mean, not the second, not a whole hour in the ring, but when you factor in entrances yeah. and commercial breaks and this and that, they would have had about, you know, a good half hour's work. So that would have been much better. Yeah, the match went on the air. The bell rang at 941. I would have uh, I would have backtracked and I would have let these uh, these ladies go out there right at 930. Bell ring at 930 and let them do their thing and then give Rosa like four or five minutes at the end of the show to just feed off the energy of that crowd. But uh, right. again, looking back at it, things I would have changed. I don't want to take away from the specialness of the night. It's just uh, one of those things that just kind of jumped off the page at me. Uh, Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa worked very well. I'm, I'm sorry, but I, but I will say this: for the time that they got, it was utilized to perfection. I, I think they did the absolute best that they could with the commercial spots. I mean, they gotta they gotta pause the work between the breaks and gotta just bellow it out, then pick up the intensity. For the time that they got, I think they worked very well with it. No, yeah, it was it was fine. I'm just I'm just saying that uh, looking back at it, five more minutes probably would have. Uh, given this match, uh, I would say from uh, three uh, and a half, four rating up to a four and a half. But as far as the match itself, I-, I thought these ladies beat the shit out of each other. Exactly what I wanted to see from these two. The physicality was there. This was the first women's steel cage match in AEW history. The second steel cage match in AEW history in totality. The first match was Cody Rhodes and Wardlow. In Atlanta with Cody Rhodes jumping off the steel cage, doing that moonsault off the top of the cage. Very memorable moment from Cody in AEW there. But the match quickly started. Baker went right for the cage. She tried to run up the cage. And this is not a traditional steel cage rule. There was no escaping the cage. Uh, You had to win by pinfall submission or knockout. So you could not escape the cage via the door or going over the top to win the match. So... Tony Khan laid out the basic of basic rules here. These are per WWE rules that that we usually see inside their steel cage. There's no top on the cage, so there was always the question of, oh, who's going to interfere? The steel cages usually are supposed to keep people out, but they never really do. Uh, pro, you know, pro wrestling one-on-one. So no top on the cage. Baker tried to run out of the cage. She tried to climb up the cage, and uh, it really didn't make any sense because she can't win that way. So Rosa down Baker. She took her down with a lariat, drove her into the cage. 
She dragged Baker's face across the cage, and like Jesse said, the blood was flowing already. Not too much from Baker's forehead, but just enough to get some color in the match. Baker then uh, got on the offense. She gained control of the match. She sent Rosa to the floor. Rosa was bleeding out there as well. She went into the steel cage on the outside. Not a lot of room for the women to work out there. This is not uh, like Hell in a Cell, where you got all that room on the outside of the cage because the entire cage is covering the entire ringside area. This is basically... Uh, a steel cage covering the ring, and you barely have any move or any movement and room to move on the outside. So Baker and Rosa at this point going into a commercial Blake, both ble- uh, bleeding from the top of the forehead. Uh, Baker was in control. She took some chairs out from underneath the ring. She tossed them all in the ring. Rosa avoided a chair shot, hit some consecutive clotheslines. She took a steel chair and started to bash Britt Baker in the back with it. And uh, both women now bleeding more and more as the match goes on. Rosa hit a stone-cold stunner in light of Austin 316 day. Not the best-looking stunner, but I appreciate the effort. Crowd loved it because of what it signified on this day. And that was that. So she hits the stunner, and she went for a drop kick. went for the first cover of the match, only got a two-count. So Baker hits a super kick. And then Rosa comes back with a fire thunder driver for a uh, a visual pin. The referee at this point was knocked out. He was knocked senseless. Uh, Rip Baker hits a super kick, accidentally hits the referee, and he goes flying to the outside. He never comes back. So Rosa propped up a chair on Baker and climbed. Baker stopped her with some chair shots. Baker hit an avalanche air raid crash on Thunder Rosa onto a pile of of chairs, and I mean, Jesse, a pile. It had to be about seven or eight chairs, and she took this directly from Adam Cole and Tommaso Ciampa inside War Games. Uh, the same visual, Ciampa with the big air raid crash off the top of the cage to Adam Cole. As you, as you all know, Adam Cole and Britt Baker are a couple, so definite influence in this match so far up until this point from Bebe. Yeah, yeah, and, and if you haven't paid enough attention to Britt Baker's uh, matches... I mean, I can I mean I can distinctly remember back when she faced Chris Statlander in Chicago where her moveset drastically really, really, really resembled that of Adam Cole. Yeah. You know, I mean, and I mean, if he's not working with his damn girlfriend, you know, to try to give some of his talent to her, shame on him, man. That's what they is what they should be doing. Of course. And, and you can tell that he is helping, and you can tell that she is listening, you can tell that it's paying off. And it's a beautiful thing, man. With, with guys like Adam Cole working with 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 Britt and uh, Danielson working with Jade, uh, the women's division is in fantastic hands going forward. It's also a testament to Adam Cole and how big of a fan, as as she should be, of of her yeah. boyfriend. So I mean, he's one of the best in the world. And what better, uh, you know, pro wrestler today to emulate than Adam Cole? So. I mean, I love that all around, but it was a very uh, it was a very telling spot because I I knew immediately up oh, that's the champ Adam Cole spot not off a, a fucking war games cage through a table, but it was you know enough to do damage onto a plethora of steel chairs. Uh, Thunder Rosa came down, and that was a brutal brutal spot. Aubrey Edwards came out to make the the three count, and Rosa kicked out of a great near fall. So this is the second referee in the match at this point. So uh, Baker got in Aubrey's face. Apparently, they don't like each other. Uh, one of the commentators, I don't know if it was uh, Excalibur or Tony Schiavone, said that Britt thinks there's a conspiracy 
from Aubrey Edwards about her title reign. So there was an image after the kickout uh, where we saw a very similar image to what they did in the first match. And the image I'm talking about is Britt Baker all bloodied and the camera close-up shot after a, a great near fall. They tried to mimic that here off of this uh, air raid crash off the top rope. So they did a great throwback to that spot from the first match. So after Baker gets in Aubrey's face, uh, the women now are on the top rope and they're jockeying for position on the top rope. Rosa drove Baker into the cage. And before this, Jesse, I didn't know what Baker was doing. She set up some steel chairs, uh, four chairs facing each other. And then it was nothing more than a, a tower of fucking chair doom here. And, and I'm like, what, what is she doing? Who's going to go through all these chairs? So after they're jockeying for position on the top rope, uh, Thunder Rosa eventually knocks Baker off. She knocks her into the steel cage, and then she falls back, and she falls onto all these chairs stacked up on one another, and she falls down to the mat. And another huge spot for Britt to take. We got the air raid crash, and then we get this spot. And like we said in the first match, Jesse, all those months back last year, you know, you got to give credit to Britt Baker, man. She is fucking... Balls to the wall fucking tough. Because you look at Britt Baker and you don't think that she's going to be doing the shit that she does in these matches with Thunder Rose. And all of a sudden she pulls out these big spots. I'm like, holy shit. You got to give the you got to give the woman her fucking flowers, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's I mean, it it seems that the, the, the new M.O. as of late for for Britt Baker has been work less matches but make the matches more impactful because when, when she does spots and things like that now and thing, I mean, and know these big time matches, um, it's, it's, it's never like without thought, without, you know, great detail, you know, to tell that, you know, she's willing to go out there and make it a fantastic match at the cost of herself, you know, but at the same time, you know, she didn't wrestle as much, which I could, you know, I could understand and agree with. I don't want to see, you know, the top champion wrestling all the damn time. It should be a treat. You know, you shouldn't you shouldn't have to wrestle all the time. You should be there. You know, you should promote your feuds. But, you know, people get in the ring with the champion should be should be a, a you know, a compliment. You know, it, sh- it should be a, a, a treat. You know, it shouldn't be something just given out and have to get to see her every day. Huge difference between what AEW does and what WWE does. All those championship contender matches. I'll keep complaining about them until the day that they go away, bro. I, I can't stand it. And I agree with you 100 percent. The champion should not have to wrestle those types of matches or should not be on weekly television because it, it devalues when we actually do see them when we need to see them in that important championship match. No, no, I 100% agree. You know, as a matter of fact, somebody on somebody on Twitter sent me something about the um, the CM Punk part-timer thing, and he put a graphic up on me, tweeted me, and he said, <laughs> you know, that Punk had just as many matches or, or like one more than Hangman Adam Page. <laughs> and I never that's, replied that's back. That's what I it should replied, be, though. I never replied back, but hold on, hold on. I never replied back because I thought it was like he just proved my point instead of his own. Everyone else should be wrestling more than the fucking world champion. The champion should not be there all the goddamn time working. Others need to be working to get to his level. So, yeah, he should have more matches than the goddamn world champion. Well, let me let me let me ask you, is Britt Baker a part timer, bro? Britt Baker is not a part. timer. Okay. just want to make sure I want to make sure everybody in the chat knows that Britt Baker is not a part timer, guys. But CM Punk is a part timer. CM Punk is a part. Okay. CM Punk's a part timer. Um, Rosa immediately jumped off the top rope after this uh, big. Did we see Punk tonight? We did not see Punk. 
Okay, go ahead. Sorry. Punk, Punk is still selling the effects of the uh, dog collar match. No, no, no. I'm, I'm good. Go ahead. Oh, okay. I just want to make. I just want to make sure you know. Uh, so Rosa jumped off the top rope, immediately scrambled for a cover. She goes to cover Britt Baker, only gets a two count off this big spot. Baker falling on top of this tower of chairs. So Baker, she popped up after this, and she threw a super kick, and she kind of separated. Uh, herself from Thunder Rosa. She went underneath the chair. She went to the outside, uh, underneath the ring, rather. She goes to the outside, underneath the ring, and she pulls out a black bag. And we all know what's usually in these black bags that reside underneath the ring. It's not uh, cookie crumbs. It's not uh, dessert treats or uh, candy to hand out to the little children around ringside. It is thumbtacks, and she pours thumbtacks all over the ring. Rosa countered. Before Baker could really get involved with the thumbtacks, uh, neckbreaker countered. Baker then back body dropped Thunder Rosa onto the tacks, and I was surprised that Rosa actually went into the tacks first. I thought this would have backfired immediately on Britt Baker, but it did not. Rosa was covered for a two count. Britt only got a two off the thumbtack back body drop. Baker immediately went for the glove. She went for the, uh, the, the mandible claw and flipped off the camera. She went for the lockjaw, but Rosa bit Baker's hand to stop her, and I love this spot. Baker, to get out of this move, Jesse, she took Baker's other hand and started smashing her hand into the th- uh, the pile of thumbtacks. That was a great spot. Very smart of Thunder Rosa to do that. Uh, Rosa then powerbombed Baker onto the thumbtacks. Uh, that did not get the job done. She immediately went to the outside, Baker hit her with a steel chair again to bide some time, and this is when everything kind of got sped up. Aubrey Edwards, you could audibly hear Aubrey Edwards to, to you know, uh, go to the finish and wrap things up, and Rosa and Baker get into the ring. Immediate fire Thunder driver, one, two, three, and Thunder Rosa wins the AEW Women's Championship. Rosa was in legit tears. This was a very real an emotional moment for Thunder Rosa in her hometown of San Antonio, Texas. Crowd went crazy. They had a, a confetti parade coming down from the rafters, and Dustin Rhodes came out. He embraced Thunder Rosa, hugged her, kissed her on the forehead, and that's the way the show went off the air. Thunder Rosa is the new AEW Women's Champion, and it's a long time coming. We have talked about this dating back to their match at Daly's Place last year, Jesse. The women's division is now led by Thunder Rosa, and it's going to be a vastly different women's division from this point on. Baker's run as champion, bro. How would you how would you describe Baker's run as champion, and where would you slot her as far as what she's done for that women's division and that women's championship? She has been fantastic, man. She has been... Nothing short of the epitome of what AEW is trying to do with the women's division. Um, and I say the epitome because when she started in the company, um, she was not where she was expected to be or hoped to be or probably even wanted to be. But, it, I mean, it did not take long, probably a good calendar year. And she was everything that the company needed. Um, as far as to spearhead the division, she was someone to build around. And that's just what they did when they brought in Thunder Rosa. They built Thunder Rosa around Britt Baker, immediately saw the chemistry and the reaction that they that she was getting. And through the success of 
Britt Baker, um, Thunder Rosa was able to get over and get to where she is. So they, they really fed off of each other for this last year or so. This rain really made Britt Baker kind of fall into what she needed to be. And, and I mean, we all thought Britt Baker had potential when we first saw her. She wasn't great by any means. Ever since that match with Thunder Rosa happened, that Daily's Place, that unsanctioned match, she, she kind of found herself. And she never stopped, Jesse. She never stopped building from that day. And it's been a beautiful thing to see her from that to where she is now. She made herself. She, she knew exactly what she wanted to do, where she wanted to go, and how she wanted to portray herself. And she made herself, with the help of Thunder Rosa, Thunder Rosa definitely aided in that. But, you know, when Rosa was off doing whatever she needed to do to get to this point, you know, they didn't really cross paths until maybe a month or so ago. But Britt Baker legitimately took the ball, ran with it, and legit made herself into a megastar to a point where she may be the most popular women's wrestler right now in all of the industry. And I would say probably more so than Becky Lynch. And from what we see on television, she's just got star written all over her. And I do think that with this reign, it, it accomplished exactly what AEW has done with every single champion, Jesse. Britt Baker took the championship and she made the championship that much more valuable. The championship didn't make Britt Baker. I honestly believe Britt Baker made that championship. Yeah, no, no, 100%, absolutely. The, the championship was nothing until Britt Baker made it what it is. Yeah. You know, and and Thunder Rosa, man, I mean, she's she's definitely getting there. I wouldn't I wouldn't call her bigger than Becky Lynch just because Becky's got the, the fucking machine behind her. You know, you may not I'm talking about. I'm, ta- I, I'm not. Like I'm not that. talking about company. I'm talking about fan reaction. Even when oh, Becky, oh, even oh. when Becky was a baby face, brother, it was very. It was lukewarm at best. Well, yeah, you need to let me finish. I mean, but I mean, if if we're talking amongst wrestling fans, absolutely, yes, she's she's definitely more popular right now amongst the wrestling community. But I wouldn't say bigger overall than Becky. Lynch. No, 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 no. That, that, yeah, exactly. The first point you made. Yes, that's exactly what I meant. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. but but yeah, man, Thunder Rosa is. You know, she's she comes off as um accessible, um relatable. I mean, she's not she doesn't she comes off as someone of the people, you know. I mean it, it's kinda ironic she's wearing three sixteen pants when I say that, but she she does come off as somebody very relatable, just a hard worker and just loves wrestling. Everything she does is about wrestling or vlogs, this, that. She's always working independent shows, putting others over, running her promotion with her husband. Very selfless. I mean, very selfless, man. She's always trying to get others over. She really is. She has no problem getting others to the top. And this was her night, and it was about her. And you can tell it just emotionally got to her, you know? And, and rightfully so. And that's why we all love Thunder Rosa, because uh, the genuine emotion that we see, it, it's very, very relatable, like Jesse said. So Britt Baker and the championship and the reign that she had, it accomplished everything it needed to do. It helped Britt out. Britt helped the championship become a little bit more important. And Thunder Rosa now is going to be spearheading this division. Jesse, where do you see the division going now with Thunder Rosa? Whereas it was all about Britt Baker and making that championship uh, important, you know, the the way we see it now. Britt got herself over, made the championship that much more important. I honestly think with Thunder Rosa and her spearheading this division, I honestly think it's going to be a new day and age for the division. I I do think it's going to be more more in-ring focused with her as champion. I do think that we're going to get better wrestling matches with Thunder Rosa as champion. Not to take anything away from Britt Baker, but I just think that the level of, of Britt and Thunder Rosa are, are vastly different. Rosa's more of an of a in-ring, 
whereas Britt is more, you know, charisma and just that overwhelming star appeal. I do think Thunder Rose is going to take the division into a into a different spectrum that I think everybody is ready and waiting to see. And and I mean that with all the talent coming in, you got possible Tony Storm coming in, who, by the way, now has an OnlyFans account, if anybody's out there. Anybody uh, is interested in that? That was in the news today. Um, we got Tony Storm, Ruby Soho. That was not in the fucking news. Yes, it that was. was. You, that was you fucking stalking her. What are you talking about? It's, it's, it's on ringside news. Move on with the fucking show. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, man, I'm only, I'm only reporting the news, bro. What do you, what do you get on my case for? I see all of the fucking same news feeds you do. That was not in the news. That's you looking for Tony Storm shit. What are you talking no, about? Come on, bro. It's in the fucking news, man. Get out of here, bro. I'm only... Look, so everybody's interested in it, man. Jesus fucking Christ. I can't crack a joke. This, show. This, guy's get, this guy's getting all fucking... All PG on me. Like, oh, I never God. said anything worse. Anyway, Tony Storm, Ruby Soho... You got Tegan Knox possible. You got Ember Moon possible coming in. Taya Valkyrie, Mia Yim. There's going to be a lot. Serena Deeb is out there. Perfect opponent for Thunder Rosa. It's definitely going to be more of a fuller division, more in ring with Thunder Rosa as champion. You see who was backstage tonight? Did you get my text? Uh, I, I did not see who was backstage. And we, had a, we had a special guest backstage at, uh, at Dynamite tonight. And, and, and WWE Hall of Famer was backstage at AEW tonight. Oh, Brie Bella was backstage at AEW. Oh, my goodness. That doesn't mean anything. There's your feud. Nah. 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 Uh, Nah. I think I I, I do see a small, a small, small issue going forward now that we have a new queen on top. And that's her competition after it. And I only say that because Thunder Rosa pretty much ran through everyone on this rise to get to where she is. So if we do have Athena, you know, or Tegan or anybody else in the back pocket, you know, it's probably a time to start bringing them out because um, we, we do have Serena Deeb, Serena Deeb and, and Thunder Rosa take all of my damn money right now. I know. So we do have that that can go for a little bit, but yeah, we need to start trickling in these new names that they got and start getting them entwined into the program with the women's division. And remember, we got that uh, that female field of the Owen Cup coming up in May, and the tournament's going to begin the first the first week of May, leading into Double or Nothing. Who is going to be in this tournament? We don't know what they're going to win when they get to the finals and ultimately win the tournament. Is it going to be just a trophy? Is it going to be a plaque? Is it going to be uh, a title shot against Thunder Rosa at some point? Only time will tell. But like Jesse said, Thunder Rosa honestly did run through everybody in this division. And the names that I just mentioned, I've been mentioning for a couple of weeks now, and those names are going to be coming on in. Whether you agree with Tony Khan signing everybody under the sun or not, I mean, the women's division is something that needed immediate attention. And I do think now is the time to really, with Thunder Rosa's champion, kind of make the women's division a priority. And how do you do that? You sign some of the biggest names out there to compliment Thunder Rosa. That's just the way it is. I can't wait to see what happens. I do think we're going to start seeing some of those new faces in the, in the company. There's even some talent on, on dark man that, I mean, not ready to be brought up and faced on the Rosa, but definitely ready to be brought onto television and start working their way through the ranks. I mean, they are working on the women's division, even on dark. Right? Well, and, and you do the, uh, the AEW dark uh, watch alongs. Who is Jesse? Who is the next Britt Baker from what you see? 
Who's going to be the next woman to take the ball and run with it like Britt did all those all those months ago on her way to an AEW Women's Championship? Who's going to be the next Britt Baker from what you see on AEW Dark? Right now, I don't have one. I have two. And that's the Renegade Twins. The Renegade Twins need to be on television right now. They are ready right now to start. I mean, they're not a big, they're not a big enough name to go out there and hit the hit the ground running, but they are good enough promo wise and in ring wise to start being seen and built up on TV. The Renegade Twins. Uh, nobody knows exactly anything about them. And are they are they singles wrestlers? It sounds like more of uh, of a tag team there with the Renegade Twins. Well, we lo- we last saw we last saw um, Robin um, on Dynamite in a singles match. So maybe they're gonna start um, using them in singles careers because they they've done singles matches as well. But since there is no women's tag team titles or tag team division, uh, I think they have no choice but to start using them as singles. You don't want to pigeonhole them to be a tag team. There's no even there's no titles to even go for. I don't even see the women's titles on the horizon right now for AEW. Yeah, I don't remember who uh, Robin Renegade actually wrestled. I, I, all I remember is that Excalibur said that she had two years' experience, and she was pretty damn good for two years. She was really, really good, and they they still look great. They they look really fucking good, man. And they're um, Thunder Rosa's girls for school. Where does Britt Baker go from here? Does Britt Baker remain on television? Does she move to the back of the line? Does she work her way back up? Or does Britt Baker go away for a little bit, recoup and uh, rest and get out of the spotlight for a little bit and then come back sometime this summer? You know, we always suggest that, you know, take a break, come back, take a break, come back. But we don't know the logistics behind that. If it's contractually, you know, doable right now or it's a good time-wise for as far as creative goes. So it's for, so if it's if it's there... I don't see anything wrong with Britt Baker taking some time off, maybe get that wrist, you know, taking care of. She's still wearing a damn wrist cast. Mm-hmm. Let's get it fully healed, maybe. But if not, if, if, if the plan is to keep going, that's fine, too. Um, she has a few waiting for her with um, Jamie Hayter. Britt Baker has a few waiting with Jamie Hayter. Yeah, they, they already started. They already started teasing the dissension a few weeks back. Remember that? Yes. So they can they can they can continue with that now. If 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 that's the if the plan is for her to stay, you know we've seen enough Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker matches. We don't need another rematch right now. So if the plan is for her to stay, then it's time to start doing something to that little stable that she has. And uh, Jamie Hader is the next breakout star in that group. So um, and not Rebel. So Jamie Hader and uh, Jamie Hader versus Thunder Rosa uh, versus Britt Baker with Rebel still by her side is probably the way to go. And who do you see as Thunder Rosa's first opponent for that AEW Women's Championship? Serena Deeb. I would have to agree with that. Serena Deeb is uh, one of the hottest females outside of Thunder Rosa in that division, and uh, I think that would be one hell of a match to start off Thunder Rosa's reign as AEW Women's Champion. But we got our girl, the AEW Women's Champion, now Thunder Rosa, at the top of the mountain, and everybody is very excited and very happy for her. A great moment on Dynamite. They really... Gave you a special moment on AWTV tonight, and I couldn't be more pleased. I know a lot of people were, uh, you know, upset about the revolution outcome. It was all worth the wait, and I can't really criticize anything that happened tonight outside of the little tiner, uh, minor timing issue. But outside that, I thought it was a fantastic main event, much-deserved main event, and it all played out exactly how Jesse and I had kind of envisioned it and talked about for months leading up to this. So congratulations to Thunder Rosa 
Very happy for her, and we're very excited to see what she does and where she brings the AEW women's division. Guys, thank you so very much for joining us on Off the Script. Thank you for hanging out with us on your Wednesday evenings, wherever you may be. We got a lot to go over tonight. We're going to talk about Adam Cole Bay and his boys, Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish, Hangman Page, Luchasaurus, and Jungle Boy. Excellent six man tag. We've had some decent fucking six man tags as of late, man. I'm asking, yo, TK, where, where are the trio championships, man? What's going on with those? We need them. We need them here right now. We need them, bro. Come on. What are you waiting for? So we got that lined up tonight. We got John Moxley and Brian Danielson and William Regal. Jesse listened to the William Regal episode today on Talk is Jericho. We might talk about that. I only got halfway through because I actually had to trek into Manhattan today and get a uh, cleaning from the dentist. So I listened to that on my way. Only listened to about half of it. But Jesse may fill you in on what was discussed there with William Regal. Very emotional from what I heard. But uh, a great listen nonetheless. Moxley and Brian going to own the tag team division. The Hardys, they're here. I'm excited. I think after tonight, Jesse may be excited as well. So we'll talk about the Hardys and their tag team debut. And Chris Jericho, man. Holy shit. What a fucking promo by Chris Jericho tonight. Very happy with what I saw. And I'm very excited about the Jericho Appreciation Society. So good stuff there. We got a lot to talk about tonight, guys, on Off The Script. Follow us on social media. At JD from NY206. That's Twitter and Instagram. Hit that subscribe button down below. We got 2,200 people in the venue. I only see 676 likes. Why? We need 1,000 minimum on today's AEW Dynamite post show on Off The Script. Super Chats are open. Get them on in. Make sure you guys sound off. Super Chats are all you. Tell us what you thought of the show. Tell us anything that you're thinking as far as what happened on Dynamite tonight. Hit that join button as well. Become VIPs. You guys can sit right back there with me. Join the VIP club right here on Off The Scripts. And you guys can sign up for $4.99. Get those emotes in the chat. Custom to only Off The Scripts. And the live streams in the comments section on the channel. And you guys get those badges next to your name. Anybody that you see in the chat with a green name, that means they're an OTS VIP. And that microphone, you get to show off your VIP status. Go check out all the other videos that you might have missed on the channel. Monday Night Raw. No Cody Rhodes, but we talked about it on Monday. And we got Off the Script, episode 422, already in the can, already recorded. That will be uploaded tomorrow. An hour and a half of audio for you guys coming tomorrow afternoon. I'll be live on Friday for SmackDown. No Rampage, because Rampage is happening at 1130, and I'm not staying up to watch one hour of Rampage. So SmackDown it is, and that's it. Friday night. I'll be live from the OTS venue. Jesse, what's going on with AEW Dark, man? What, what do you got going on on the YouTube channel? We are still going strong every Monday and Tuesday. We do live watch-alongs of AEW Dark Elevations and AEW Dark. And um, things are getting better. Things are picking up. Join us on YouTube at Chi-Town Smart. Follow me at my Twitter right under my screen right there if you are not already. And uh, big things are coming soon, man. Big things are coming soon. Don't want to spoil nothing. Get done the way. I already filled you in, but we got things coming soon. Everybody tune in. There you go. And make sure you guys set up our sponsor for today's show. That's audible, audibletrial.com slash scripts. 
30 days free of their service and one free audio book on the house when you sign up. AudibleTrial.com slash scripts. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Dynamite started off with Adam Colbebe and Red Dragon, Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish against Adam Hangman Page, the AEW World Champion and the AEW Tag Team Champions, the Jurassic Express, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, Jesse, they are at a point right now where I'm looking at them work and uh, I see the crowd reaction and how they're working. It, It seems like they are finally back to where they were, man. As hot as they were when we first came in to AEW, and they're at that point, man. They're getting there. They're almost there. And they got the tag team championships to to show it off. And I'm loving the work of uh, both Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus right now, man. They are on top of their fucking game. I agree. I agree. Um, I don't think they were as anywhere as near as hot as they were when they were deep into the title picture, you know, a year or two ago. Um, but I think them getting the titles has rekindled that heat and get it right back because they didn't do anything like flat out in particular right now, except win the titles, which is something everyone wanted a while ago, but they kind of fizzled. Um, but I think for about 15 minutes, it was one of those situations where the titles made the team. But as soon as we fell right back in love with that duo, man, now it's, you know, these guys, they feel like the top dogs over there in the tank division right now. Yeah, they really do. I'm loving the work of both of those guys. Obviously it doesn't hurt to be helping with uh, guys like Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish, and uh, obviously the Young Bucks, and then you got FTR looming, you got Santana Ortiz looming. So there are a ton of teams, and uh, they are going to have their hands full in that tag team division. The Hardys are back, and they're looking for tag team gold. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be a great ride for Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. Uh, But Jungle Boy and Adam Cole, they had a great match several, several weeks ago on Rampage. Awesome, or Dynamite, rather. Awesome stuff. And they started this match off. Uh, So they got it started. Luchasaurus and Fish then tagged in. And Luchasaurus took everybody out with some big chops. Red Dragon rolled to the outside and kicked Luchasaurus's leg out from underneath him on the ring apron. And they isolated him for a good chunk of this match with some hot tags and some frequent tags in and out. So eventually, Luchasaurus got to his corner and reached Adam Page for the tag. So Page came in, he ran crazy on everybody, hit Fish with a fallaway slam, a Pescado on Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly as well. Then a Tope Suicida. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. Adam uh, Adam Page is so fucking good, man. And then a Tope Suicida on both 
after the Pescado. Uh, so he went crazy tonight. He had a pop-up power bomb on Bobby Fish, which looked absolutely perfect. Fish rolled out of the way of a buckshot lariat, and Jungle Boy wiped everybody out with a dive of his own. Crazy stuff here. Page, Jungle Boy, and Luchasaurus, Jesse, in this match. I don't know what they were planning on doing before they did it, but they all went to the top rope. Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus dove on one side with moonsaults, and Adam Page did his signature moonsault on the outside. Three consecutive moonsaults at the same time to take out, quote-unquote, the Undisputed Era at the same time. That crazy shit. That was ridiculous, dude. I've never seen anything like that before. Me neither. And uh, Adam Page, just every time he does that moonsault, man, just beautiful thing in, in, in motion, man. He just gets such height on it, and it's great rotation, nails it every time. Yeah, yeah, it's one of those things. It it, it it popped the crowd because when you do something that's pretty cool like that, and more importantly, something that they've never seen before, big pop, big pop. Because everything has always been repeated to nauseam in wrestling. There's only so many new things you can do. So when we see something that, and I don't know if this is flat out new, it could have been done in the Indies or somewhere like that. But when it's done on national television for the time, it, so. But this this popped the crowd. Big popped me. I'm like, whoa, shit. That was that was a nice spot. But that was you didn't see it coming. You just didn't see it coming. Listen, I, I'm going to throw something out there, man. If anybody from AEW is watching, I'm going to need Andrade, El Idolo, to get Adam Page Charlotte's phone number, man. I think Charlotte needs to learn a thing about a thing or two about moonsaults, man. I think she can learn from Adam Page. Awful. I thought you. I, I thought you were going to say get it. Him out of that faction. It's like, yes, good. Please. Well, that's that. Well, that too. I, I, I mean, I don't, I don't see the correlation between Andrade and fucking uh, Butcher and Blade. But uh, I mean, apparently Tony Khan sees something that we don't. But no, uh, no, Charlotte, Charlotte Andrade. can learn a thing or two about a moonsault, man, from Adam Page. Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. I mean, I guess I don't care if she does a great moonsault or not. Be honest. Well, she doesn't do a great moonsault. Period. I don't care. <laughs> oh yeah, you don't you don't you don't watch Friday. I mean, I'm I'm, 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 I'm sorry, man. You you don't watch sports entertainment. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that's out of my league, man. Well, let me, listen, league. is is Charlotte Flair part time? I, I I can't I can't tell. I don't know. You tell me. What about Ronda Drowsy? Is she part time? Uh, probably. I would think so too. I think her promo ability is part time as well. But I mean, what do I know? I watched I watched them um, raw. Because you fucking told me Cody was going to be there. Fucking Cody's going to be there, bro. Man, I watched that fucking shit, man. And Ronda was on it, and they showed, like, a promo or something, like a clip or something of the promo that she did. And, you know, I know you crack jokes a lot and call a drop. I'm not going to lie. Listen to her cut the promo that I heard her cut, man. That was extremely fucking dull and boring. And drowsy. My name is uh, Ronda, Ronda Rousey. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I've heard. I've heard you. I mean, you talk shit about plenty of people, and sometimes it's true. Sometimes it's not. I just figured you were just being an asshole. But no, no, that's live, accurate, man. That's I, how like, she comes off. I, I live. I live on on Rousey Acres. <laughs> and I I just had a baby girl, and I'm in the WrestleMania main event. Yeah, she's so bad. <laughs> Any, anyway, um, uh, moving on from I'm, I'm I'm getting drowsy just even fucking talking about it. Um, this was a fun triple threat match. Not triple threat match. Uh, six man tag. It was uh, a couple of great triple threat matches that we've seen uh, recently as well on uh, on wrestling TV the last couple of weeks. Um, but we got this one here uh, after the moonsault. 
of all three guys. We got the referee distracted, of course. And Cole landed a kick on Jungle Boy and Red Dragon. Hit some nice combination offense. I believe it was a high-low. They continue to uh, isolate their opponents here. This time, Jungle Boy. So Jungle Boy comes back after some uh, heel heat on him. Rebound, Lariat. He reached Luchasaurus for the hot tag. Another great hot tag is Luchasaurus. He came in, took out all three guys. Choke slam on Fish onto O'Reilly. And a moonsault, standing moonsault, double pin on both Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish. So then he and Jungle Boy set up for a doomsday device, but Red Dragon counted it. O'Reilly put Luchasaurus in a knee bar, and Paige came back and overpowered Cole to break that up. Paige and Cole tagged in, and they were going at each other tit for tat. Paige hit a dead eye, and then we got a, just a, a slew of offensive maneuvers here. Jungle Boy eventually hit that double doomsday device for a great near fall. Red Dragon hit the high-low and Adam Cole then lowered the boom on Jungle Boy for one, two, three, and undisputed era, quote unquote, win this match. Uh, Jesse, you, you, undisputed elite. Yes, undisputed elite. I'm sorry. They will always be undisputed era, man. Can, can I have my fucking NXT joy, please, man? After what happened last night, holy shit! You watched oh, NXT my. last night, man? Of course, I didn't watch NXT Jesus last night. Jesus Christ, man! The, the the fucking downfall of uh, of greatness, man. It just it gets worse but every I, week. But I saw on Twitter, I did see a clip where it was some kind of fucking makeout contest yes. in the fucking ring. Yes. What the fuck? What was that? That was Dexter Loomis. Dude, Dexter Loomis and Duke Hudson were making out with Indy Hartwell and Persia Perota last night instead of wrestling. Who the fuck is Persia Perota? Uh, your your guess is as good as mine, bro. Oh my god, dude! Undisputed was- error, man. Let me live in my fucking happy zone, okay? Anyway, um, this was an awesome six man tag, and the champions, bro. Now you know how I feel about champions losing on TV. We got go. one one team. We got one team here with all champions. We got the world champion with the tag team champion. And Jungle Boy was pinned. Now, normally, I'm waiting for the fucking geeks to reach out to me on Twitter and fucking shadow tweet me. Oh, but, but if it happened in WWE, JD would be shitting all over it. The thing is, geeks, AEW doesn't do it every fucking week. They do it maybe once every seven or eight months. I don't remember the last time a fucking champion was, but maybe it was Britt Baker going into that match with Riho. I think that was the last time it was done. They don't do it every fucking week. So I'm okay with this. And can we not discredit Red Dragon? They're at the top of the fucking contention for the tag team titles anyway. So, I mean, they're about to get a tag team title opportunity when it's all said and done. I'm okay with it because it doesn't happen every week. So Jungle Boy takes the pinfall loss. I don't know what you thought about it, Jesse. Somebody had to lose, and apparently it wasn't going to be Paige. So it was either going to be Luchasaurus or Jungle Boy. And Adam Cullen, boys, needed a victory, man. They desperately needed a victory. I'm not okay with it. My you're mind, not okay I, with it. I, I I have one standing rule, man. If you're in a match where picking a loser is a no win either way, I'm a firm believer in you should not have booked the match. Either that or find some way to get some fuckery at the end and get out of it. You can't say, well, well, in this situation, Jungle Boy was the one to take the pin because who else? Then you shouldn't have booked the match. You should have put somebody else in there. Hangman had to choose his tag team partners. 
He got like eight jobbers in the dark order. Why did he pick the tag team champions to take a fucking pinfall? Evil Uno could have ate that pin. Yeah, it could have been Stu Grayson and Evil Uno. It probably would have been the same quality match. Yeah. It would have been it would have been just as fun. It could have been hungry and 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 five. I mean, so you know what why? I mean, don't book the match. Five is Allen Angels, I'm assuming, right? Yeah. Could have been it could have been uh, Hungi and number ten. Yeah. E- easily. Easily, easily, easily. I mean, I from again, if you put me in the situation and say pick a loser, I mean, I guess Jungle Boy, but that doesn't help your new world tag team champions. Bro, bro, listen, I, you're, you're getting a little testy here, man. I think you should let it play out. Let it, oh, God, here we go. <laughs> God damn it. Just God let it, let it play out, bro. Not those guys again. Jeez. That's Bruce Pritchard's favorite fucking quote, man. Let it play out. It's, yeah. Let it play out means, a.k.a. don't book the match. Whenever someone tells you, oh, just let it play out, that's... That's their way. That's, that, that's easy. Your comeback of saying you shouldn't have booked that match. You know, we'll have what? some fuckery at the end. But Jungle Boy is is in a position no less than Hangman or Scorpio Sky or any other champion. They shouldn't be. Yes, I agree. I would agree with you on uh, on all that. But uh, I'm not going to get uh, my balls in a fucking twist over. Jungle Boy taking a pinfall loss, man. It's 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 fine to me because it doesn't happen every week, and it's probably not going to happen to those guys again for the rest of the year. So I, I'm I'm okay with it. The next time they lose, bro, they're losing the tag team titles. Yeah. So anyway, moving on from a great six man tag to open the show. Won about 15 minutes, and the undisputed guys, undisputed elite, win that match to open uh, Dynamite. Tony Schiavone. Then we see Shivani in the back interviewing Keith Lee, Ricky Starks, and Powerhouse Hobbs. Ricky told Lee that he can't show up on his show Rampage like he owns the place, so as a result, he and Hobbs whooped his ass. Hobbs then says, Keith, you know all about that spinebuster, baby. Starks said the same thing will happen on Friday. Lee said the same thing like when I punched you in the face and you laid on the mat like a little bitch. See y'all Friday. And then he walked away. So uh, the less we hear from Keith Lee like this, bro, uh, the better because he is much more intimidating and much more impactful when he speaks in, uh, you know, Don Callis told me this one time, man, when I was doing a House of Glory show and I asked to be on commentary and they didn't want to put me on commentary next to Josh Matthews, but they ended up putting me on commentary anyway, because none of those guys knew the hog guys. Don Callis came up to me and said, one tip for you next to Josh Matthews, speak in sound bites, he tells me. I'm like, all right. So I spoke in sound bites. That's exactly what Keith Lee did here, and he excelled at it, man. Speak in sound bites, and he'll be fine. Hey, you know. Well, what are you looking for here with uh, with Keith Lee and Team Taz, man? You're looking forward to uh, Keith Lee and Will Hobbs coming up. I'm assuming that's where this is leading to. Honestly, no. You're not looking forward to it. No, man, and it has nothing to do with them. You know, I, I think, you know, individually, I think they're fantastic. And this is going to be a me thing right here. For me, traditionally, it is very hard to find two big men to go have a great match together. You get two big men to put on a decent match, you know, an entertaining little match here and there. But I'm talking about a great match. The dynamic usually works when it's a big guy and a smaller guy. You know, and that's just from my personal experience and seeing them be, these two big behemoths are going to go at it. 
I can't remember the last match I've seen where two guys who've been, you know, tagged as behemoths put on a classic, you know, you know, be some good spots here and there. But so to look forward to a field, nah, I'm not really looking forward to it. I want to see Ricky Starks, though, and and Keith Lee for sure. For absolute sure. Yes. Bro. Do I have to tell you again? What's that? Let it play out. Oh, God damn it, this guy. Let it play out. But you get a little too testy for me, man. It's strike two here. Fuck's wrong you're not looking forward to Keith Lee and Will Hobbs. What's wrong with you? It's not, man. I want to see Hobbs face a, face a more agile guy. When you got a big guy and a smaller he guy. He wants to see Will Hobbs face a more... The, the, bro, are you, are you doing... A, I, I just talked about sequels, man. You looking to top yourself from last week. First, first Punk is a part-timer. And now Keith Lee is not athletic and agile. You know exactly what I'm talking about. You Fuck ain't a fucking troll. It's, 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 I want to see a smaller guy with Keith Lee because he's going to make Keith Lee look stronger. I want to see someone with like, with, uh, with Starks because he's going to make Starks look faster and more agile and more working. They, they both win in that, that kind of dynamic. What if Tony Khan is building up this big man match and he gives Will Hobbs the fucking one up on, on Keith Lee and Will Hobbs spine busters him and gets that big victory, man. That could be a fucking make or break moment for, for, for Will Hobbs there. You know, he could, he could catapult him into the next into the next phase of whatever the fuck they're doing with him. Yeah, I mean, they both need to win and somebody has to lose it. So I would love to see how they book this one because Hobbs has been on a, on a little mini push and Keith Lee is fresh. I don't want either one of these guys to lose right now. Oh, what do you see from Keith Lee on AW television? Man? What, what do you want him to do? You want him to start? You want him to win every fucking match he's in? Like he's not—he's not, he's not going to be in a championship match anytime soon. No, no, no. I want, I want him to start off a little bit cool, you know. Okay. And and you know, it's like everybody else. I mean, you know how to fucking book a fucking wrestler. Start off with some jobbers. Start off with some lower names. Get some wins. Get to a title match. Take your first L there, and then you go from there. I mean, his booking is his wrestling booking one on one. I mean, he just got here. You're going to put him in a match with Hobbs. I don't want to see either one of these guys lose. Will Hobbs has been a little hot. Keith Lee is just starting off. Who should lose that match? Who do you think? Uh, I listen, man. I, I I agree with you. I don't do the match right now, but when it does happen, I would question. not. I would not be afraid to give Will Hobbs the victory. That's that's an early loss for Keith Lee, man. So what? You know who else suffered an early loss? Who? Uh, Jay Lethal. And Jay Lethal hasn't been on TV since uh, the match with Ricky Starks on Rampage. Nope, he's been on dark every week with that one L next to his wins. He's like he's up to like eight and one, I think. All right. I so mean, when Tony Khan when, when Tony Khan opens Ring of Honor again, he'll be right back over there. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to I don't want to see Keith start off with an L, and I don't think Khan is going to give him an L. So I'm pretty sure Hobbs is going to take this L. Oh, forget about it. If Keith Lee gets an L, then uh, all all the WWE e drones will be like, oh, 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 look, he went over to AW to lose. <laughs> yep. He would have been better off with Vince McMahon and Bruce Prichard as Bearcat. Yep, that's exactly what's gonna happen. It is. So Jesse's theme tonight, folks, is don't book the match. Don't book that, it. That's that's what that's what I'm hearing. Part time and Keith Lee's not athletic and don't book the match. When did I say that? Bro, you just said Keith Lee is not agile. I said I want to see a big guy versus a little guy. Both of these are big guys. So like besides Ricky Starks, who do you want to see Keith Lee in the ring with? Pick a smaller guy and enter them there, man. Sammy Guevara? Smaller guy. Sammy Guevara. 
That's a smaller guy. Okay. Sure. Well, who wins that match then? Who booked it? Why'd you pick it? <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> pick a different smaller guy. This How about someone from guy. the Dark Order? How about Allen Angels? You think that would be okay and sufficient for you? There you go. Kill Adam and then kill him. Or Wheeler Yuta. Wait, no, we got things planned for Wheeler. Hold on, buddy. Speaking of Wheeler Yuta, let's get into the next segment. First of all, before we get to the best friends, Chris Statlander had a short video play before the match with Moxley, Brian, and the best friends. She apparently was taking off her makeup, and it seems, Jesse, that they may be moving on from the alien gimmick for Chris Statlander. They may be humanizing her a little bit for uh, a new gimmick or character on AEW television. Good. I can see that. It makes sense. Um, Chris Statlander is um, um, just exceptional in the ring. Um, for her size, her movement, her strength, Chris Statlander is fantastic. And and she's over. So if they want to switch up her gimmick a little bit, I'll take that as them trying to give her something more of a serious gimmick. And I could definitely accept that right now. I think that'll definitely help her push. Listen, man, new, uh, new character, new gimmick for a new women's division. I like it. Yeah. John Moxley and Brian Danielson defeated the best friends here tonight. This is Chuck Taylor and Wheeler Yuta. On the outside, they were with Orange Cassidy, Trent Beretta, and Dan Housen was uh, cursing people on the outside. Um, Jesse, I know you listened to the William Regal interview on Talk is Jericho today. I got through half of it. I got to the part where he talked about wrestling Sami Zayn in Dubai, I believe it was. And he was going over the fact that he pretty much wrestled most of his career with a broken neck. And he got very emotional talking about that and talking about his last match in front of a WWE audience uh, in the early part of 2000 and his days in NXT. And he got very emotional about everything. And I could listen to that man speak for hours, man. He, he just, uh, you just sense the passion for what he does in his voice. It was a very enjoyable uh, 45 or so minutes that I listened to today. What did you get out of that interview with uh, with William Regal on Talk is Jericho? What I got from that interview is we are very, very, extremely fortunate to still have William Regal in our lives right now. Yeah. Because for all intents and purposes, I don't know how he has survived the medical issues that he has gone through. He, it just makes no sense. He he, he explained that he had a, a septic issue, didn't he? He 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 said that he had basically uh, a calcium buildup mm-hmm. that that enclosed his heart, and it was it was to the point where he was not going to live another six months if they did not have it um, removed. And um, every time they found something monumental in this in this medical case they would find something else to further complicate it. And then it became even more serious and more dramatic. And he almost, his leg, he opened, they almost amputated his damn leg, man. It, he's been through so much. And he, he started time stamping everything. So as he's time stamping it, I'm going back and remembering what we were going through at that time, what takeover we were watching, you know, how we thought everything was hunky-dory, and this man was literally fighting for his life in the hospital in the most excruciating pain he's ever felt in his life, and he's a grappler. 
he's a fucking stretcher, man. He's he's been through some fucking pain. And he said this time in the hospital was the worst pain he's ever felt in his life. So if you have not listened to it, man, either listen to it now or maybe even wait a few more days because they said it's going to be a part two and you can just go ahead and listen to them together. But this was an amazing listen, man. It's one of those things we could be sitting here right now as we're mourning Scott Hall. We could be mourning William Regal. Yeah, and those uh, those reports that came out from uh, from the Observer and Meltzer, they were uh, they were a little fucking outlandish and foolish to to jump the gun on that. Um, you know, he scared the shit out of everybody, and then William Regal obviously put an end to that quickly. And he talked about what Jesse just mentioned on the interview tonight. Uh, kudos to Chris Jericho as well. He 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 really gave William Regal an open forum to just he barely interjected. He, he interjected when the time was right to ask him a quick question, but he he gave the floor to William Regal to. Ex- express himself in any which way he wanted. So kudos to Chris Jericho as well for allowing that to happen. But this was uh, a very fun match in its own right. William Regal was on commentary for this match. Very enjoyable to hear William Regal on commentary here. Moxley and Brian attacked right at the bell and beat the shit out of Wheeler Yuta right, right at the start. Yuta uh, finally started to separate himself here, tagged in Chucky e. T, landed a plancha on Moxley before locking Danielson into a single-legged Boston Crab. Danielson then got the tag. Moxley took out uh, Chucky e. T, and they were beating up on Chucky e. T until Willie Yuta got the hot tag. He was quickly cut off with a clothesline from Moxley. Yuta did a German suplex bridge for a two count, and there was a little bit of a distraction there from Danielson that allowed Moxley to a jumping cutter followed by a heart attack for a two counts. Always great to see that. Moxley hit a DDT on Chucky e. T on the floor. As Danielson continued to do the offensive barrage of yes kicks in the middle of the ring on Wheeler Yuta. Yuta then fired up on Danielson. He was taken out with a Saito suplex. Danielson bridged on another for a near fall. He then kicked Yuta's head in, followed by Moxley tagging in and applying a bulldog choke for the tap out submission. And the crowd loved this, especially Wheeler Yuta firing back up here, Jesse, towards the end ultimately to get choked out by John Moxley. After the match, Yuta turned away from the best friends, and he was walking up the ramp, and he came back away. Actually, the best friends were walking up the ramp, and he came back into the ring, did Wheeler Yuta, and offered William Regal a handshake, and William Regal smirked and slapped him in the fucking face as hard as you can. They exchanged words. The crowd started chanting, Wheeler Yuta, bro. They were chanting, Utah, Utah, in... San Antonio, Texas. They loved everything about this. And it goes to show you, Jesse, how great John Moxley, Brian Danielson, and now with William Regal added to that uh, that duo, how great all three of these guys are, so much so that it got Wheeler Yuta uh, a fucking chant in San Antonio, Texas. Yeah. Wheeler Yuta, this, this, is, this, is a, this is a perfect example of how it is entirely possible you know, some fans will disagree with this, but it's entirely possible for you to get yourself over purely in the ring because Yuta is is not necessarily killing it on the microphone. He has a non-existent gimmick. There is nothing going on with Yuta that's interesting except when the bell rings. Wheeler Yuta, I compared him to you to Daniel Garcia and a lot of other these young guys in AEW. Wheeler Yuta is not just a good wrestler, man. This guy is a fucking mad tactician. 
And he just got signed off from two of the greatest Matt tacticians that ever lived in Brian Danielson and William Regal slapped the shit out of Brian Danielson and John Moxley also. Look where they are right now. Mm-hmm. So you can see that he's getting a nod of approval. It looks like they're going to be taking Yuta under their wing and have him join the stable. And Wheeler Yuta right now has to be the absolute luckiest man in all of progress. Yeah, I mean, if that, if that is where they're leading with this and going with this, I think that is going to work out wonders for Wheeler Yuta. And if there's anybody to learn from as far as how to fucking cut a promo, it's going to be William Regal and John Moxley. And Brian, Brian, listen, Brian's not the best promo of all time, but Brian knows how to fucking talk. And when Brian speaks, you fucking listen. So, I mean, all three of those guys, not to take anything away from him. I mean, that's a, that's a blessing right there for Willie Yuta. Um, the, the whole team, Jesse of Brian and Moxley, man, I'm loving it. You know, they are, they're almost like fucking hired assassins from William Regal. They don't, they don't really just say anything. They just go in there, beat the shit out of you and then fucking leave. I mean, it looks like they are gearing up to ultimately take over the entire tag team realm in AEW. And if that is the case, man, I have, I have no fucking problem with that. It, look, it looks like it, man. These guys can be, and, and this is a tag division that we've been saying for weeks now. It's for weeks prior, we've been saying the tag division has been kind of stagnant. Not that they don't have divisions, just there's no, just no flourishing stories. The tag titles aren't doing it. But over the last few weeks, you can see it slowly picking up. You can see private parties separate themselves a little bit more. You see Proud and Powerful getting out. You see what's coming. You see Jurassic Express is now looking like credible champions. But it looks like we get Mox and Danielson looking like they're going to be in bosses in the tag division, man. It's like you can be as great as you want to be, but then you got to face these guys when they come down to I mean, it's it's all looking really, really good. And by adding Wheeler Yuta to that stable, they put these guys in the trios division as well. it's a case where I'm not sure what it's all going to lead to. Obviously, like you said, Jesse, they're going to be end bosses at at some point. I mean, do you, do you give them the tag team titles? I mean, I honestly don't even think that they need the tag team championships. I mean, I think, I think beating them, you know, is probably going to end up being better than winning the tag team championships. Oh, believe you me, they're going to be champions and it'll be, it'll be needed because it gives those titles the utmost credibility. They just need to hold them. They don't need to hold them for a goddamn year. No. They, they just need to hold them and put on some fantastic matches with them. And whoever they lose them to will be the guys who just beat Moxley and Brian fucking Danielson, man. You what? know, it'll be equivalent. Think about this. It'll be equivalent to what Kenny and Hangman did with the tag titles. You know, I'm thinking I'm thinking about this, man. You know, like you said, if they win the tag team titles, it doesn't have to be long. But with the makeup of what William Regal is turning this team into, you know, you could do Moxley and Brian winning the titles, having the title reign for, for a, a nice pay-per-view period. And imagine, bro, imagine Santana and Ortiz being the recipients of that. Imagine that being a tag team title match and they go over by beating Brian and Moxley. Somebody's getting a major fucking rug for beating them yeah. for those titles. Yeah. I mean, it, it's very similar to what's, you know, a lot of people were like, oh, well, why didn't you put the tag team championships on a young team at the at the start? You know, remember when AEW did the inaugural tournament for the tag team titles? Yeah, they, yeah. And, you know, obviously Jurassic Express were very over and uh, Private Party were very over. But they, you know, the Young Bucks are really the team that really made those tag team championships. Kenny Omega and Adam Page as well, they made those tag team championships. That's the level of caliber talent that was going to take those tag team championships and make them important. If you put them on... 
uh, an unknown Jurassic Express, how valuable are those titles going to be? You need Jurassic Express to beat guys like that so that it enhances them. And when they do, the titles are already at that level. So that's exactly what they're going to be doing here. Not to take anything away from Jurassic Express, but it seems like it's the type of mentality that they're going back to. Uh, and it may be the case with uh, Moxley and Brian here. I agree. I agree entirely. So we'll see what happens there. I love everything about this team. Just must see. Just William Regal there adds a whole different aspect to it. I love it. We are so happy and lucky to have William Regal in AEW. And the fact is, Jesse said, William Yuta was actually turned down from WWE. They didn't sign Wheeler Yuta because they had their own ideologies and whatnot, their mentality about, you know, oh, we don't want guys like that. We want uh, athletes. We want uh, football players and cheerleaders and people who don't know fucking pro wrestling so that they can brainwash them into the WWE way of life. They let Wheeler Yuta go. He ended up signing with AEW. And Jesse, he's working with John Moxley, Brian Danielson, and William Regal, all ex-WWE talent. And probably one of the best coaches that WWE has ever had in their history in William Regal. Yeah, dude, think about think about the strategy that AEW has employed when it comes to booking their legends with their with their stars. You know, they put Sting with Darby Allen. How's that fucking working out? Working out masterfully. Now they put they put Daniel Garcia now with Jericho. First they put Jericho with the inner circle. Look at Sammy fucking Guevara. How'd that work out? Everything worked you know? out masterfully. And now they get really Yuta in the ring doing an angle with 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 Regal and Danielson and Moxley. Gee, I bet that's gonna fucking work out too. They put Jurassic Express with Christian Cage. They're using their 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 legends the right fucking way. So if you see me ever complaining about you know Oldberg or you know old ass you know legends in WWE. It's not the legends. That's not the problem. The problem is how they're used. I welcome to see. I welcome to see a Stone Cold Steve. Stone Cold Steve Austin want to be on fucking TV. He's more than welcome to be on TV whenever he. Fucking... They're just not going to use him the right way, and he knows that shit too. Well, I don't know what they're doing there, but uh, I mean, I don't think he's coming back to wrestle. Period. So, I mean, that's a that's a moot point. But yeah, Goldberg. You know, he came in to do what? He came in to beat uh, Bray Wyatt and then ruin a Bray career. Wyatt, you know, Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens. You know, he came in to ruin careers. And now he got paid $3 million and now he's off and uh, riding into the sunset because he put Roman Reigns over as if Roman Reigns needed to be over yeah. after beating Goldberg. I mean, give me a fucking break. Yeah, that's, 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 that's not working for anybody, man. The, the, only, the only legend that they are actually treating the right way is Edge. Yes. That's it. Who, by the way, has been masterful in the last couple of weeks with this heel turn. And uh, he has new Alter Bridge theme music. If you guys didn't watch Monday Night Raw, love it. Absolutely love it. Uh, moving on here. Um, speaking of tag teams, Jesse, we got Dax and Cash backstage. And speaking of WWE legends, we'll be mentioning one in a second because it seems like they're leading into uh, them being managed by another WWE legend. Cash said it was pretty clear that Tully Blanchard has been checked out for a while. He said that they talked about this for a while. When you lose your focus, you lose your job. In walked the Young Bucks, and uh, Nick Jackson was dressed just ridiculously tonight, and they were very uh, flamboyant tonight, were the Young Bucks. Matt said that they talked about making changes, but they maybe should fire their stylist or barber as well. He said, deep down, they'll always be the second best tag team in AEW. He says, it doesn't matter who you bring in 
If you want to go out there and get the best there is and the best there was, you guys are always going to be a second best tag team in AEW. Does that sting a little? Matt Jackson said to both both Cash Wheeler and Dax Hardwood. Jesse, is this leading to Brett the Hitman Hart coming in and being the new manager of FTR? Here's the thing, teasing exactly that. Um, I know after they fired Tully last week, they went off and, and they tweeted at Bret Hart right away. You know, I thought that was just a, you know, having fun on Twitter type deal. But yeah, there was a little uh, innuendo of Bret tonight. So we, maybe we're getting Bret Hart to come out there and do some managing, man. Again, they had Tully managing FTR. Bring in Bret Hart. They treat their legends right in AEW. And, and the thing is, bro, uh, Tully was a heel, and FTR were, were a heel team. Uh, does Bret come in and be a babyface? Do we see FTR now kind of turn from heel to babyface here? I don't think FTR can be a uh, babyface. I really don't think so. They can do a, a, a hybrid dynamic or just simply just have Bret just be heel. Um. Brett was an awesome heel. I was I was more of a fan of heel Brett. Brett in America was my favorite Brett. You know, and then goes to Canada and becomes a baby face. That was my favorite. Oh, me too. That was my favorite yeah. version of Brett ever. Yeah, yeah, that was just fantastic stuff, man. So so Brett can work wherever you want him to work. And um, I'd be interested to see what they got planned for him if he does come in. Because like I said... They treat their stars well here, man. They treat, they treat their legends well here. They, they're not out there to embarrass themselves or make them go out to have them ruin their own legacies and or, or bore the fans with having a, a match with them. And it, it, no, it they're done right. So I enjoy it. So I embrace it. I can't wait to see what they have planned if they have Brett coming in. So it looks like we may be getting the Young Bucks for FTR at some point. And if that's the case, I mean, sign me up and take my money. I'm all for that as well. Uh, the acclaimed, speaking of tag teams, they were cutting a promo and uh, all of a sudden Ricky Starks and Will Hobbs walked up and interrupted them. Starks said on Friday, it's a big opportunity for them to take out Keith Lee. It's your duty to do what Hobbs and I have been trying to do. And that's all these new people trying to steal from us. Put them down. In walked Swerve Strickland and he asked Starks if he's talking about him he then laughed and walked away. Max Caster then looked over and said, isn't that guy a rapper? And yeah. actually, actually, he he is. And he probably We're getting is. getting a freestyle battle, bro. Yeah, yes, at some point we are. And, I, and again, I'm all for it. We're getting a battle. It is going to be fucking epic, man. Listen, it's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. Yes. Speaking of awesome, man, holy shit, Jericho. I Listen, man, I don't know what the fuck Jericho is doing. If he's doing things that are uh, out there <laughs> Illegal. and whatever, whatever I, none of my fucking business, man. I'm a fan, and I do my thing here, and this is my platform. But Jesus fucking Christ, man, Did Jer- it looks like Jericho is reverse I, aging, bro. I'll say this on that note without blaming or accusing or throwing anything on anyone under a bus. But if there are different things being used to assist, it appears that Jericho is doing it in the proper amounts. Okay. He's not co- he's not coming out looking like gender fucking Mahal no. after three weeks off. No. You know, so it's you know, every, everything is decent in moderation, guys. And it seems like this is being done correctly. 
if that's the case. Regardless of that, man, he looks fucking fantastic, man. I, I honestly think I'm looking at Jericho from fucking uh, the Attitude Era over here. You know, it's like yeah, uh, it's like holy shit, he looks great, and yeah. um, I'm I'm enjoying Jericho, man. Whatever he's doing is working, and Jericho's out there with the Jericho Appreciation Society. He's out there with Hager, Daniel Garcia, and I, I will call them now for now 2.0. Uh, the fans sang Judas because there are a bunch of fucking geeks and marks out there. Even though he's a heel now, they're still singing Judas. Matt Lee said Jericho. Say again. They gotta change that. Yeah. Maybe he should use a different song. They should use a different Fozzie song. Something that's not spring along. Mikey come up with some heel. And take Judas away so later on when Jericho turns back to babyface, it'd be a welcome to have Judas come back to the fans. There's got to be another Fozzie song that isn't uh, singable in their yeah. catalog. May yeah. I may I recommend Dark Passenger? It's more one of my favorite Fozzie songs. Anyway, uh, Matt Lee said Jericho allows them, the fans, to sing along to Judas. But if it was up to him, he wouldn't allow them to do it at all. And that's why Jericho is a better man than me. Jeff Parker praised Jericho and introduced him as the influencer, the big one. Jericho said, Earth has been around for 4.5 billion years. Is that what he said? Or 45 billion? I don't know what he said. 4.5 billion years. I'm like, I'm a fucking scientist. Uh, they're lucky enough to have, maybe it was a typo. Maybe they're lucky enough to, you know, be alive during the Chris Jericho era. So he said, for over 30 years, they've been living vicariously through him as he takes you through classic five-star matches, riveting promos, angles, and storylines. And you'll never forget. He said, even he builds companies. He said, without him, there'd be no AEW. He said he carried AEW on his back for the first three months. That's not a, that's not a legit, uh, you know, troll job there by, by Chris Jericho like he would do on social media. This is legit. This is a shoot. I mean, without Jericho, the first three months is, uh, you know, we might not even have an AEW. Carried the entire company and the world championship on his back. He made the world championship as valuable as any title in his first three months, period. He said, instead of praising him, they take him for granted and insult him on social media. It's hurtful, and it's very hurtful, he says. Uh, they said that, or he said that they don't appreciate him. He said the inner circle never appreciated him, which, I mean, I think at the beginning they did when the inner circle kind of grew out of its phase. Uh, I don't think anybody really appreciated Jericho. So he said Sammy Guevara walked out on him and Santana Ortiz disrespected him and their little buddy Eddie Kingston embarrassed him on national pay-per-view by making him tap out. So Jericho said that they might not ever see Eddie again. He said the men in the ring appreciate me, which is why I formed the Jericho Appreciation Society. He said the rest of the AW roster are nothing more than pro wrestlers. He said a pro wrestler has never been legendary or a millionaire. He said he isn't a pro wrestler. He is a sports entertainer. And the crowd, Jesse, viciously booed him. And he said it again. He said it again, bro. Now, he didn't say it just once. He said it twice. I am a sports entertainer. All that Fozzie singing shit went out the window real quick, boy. Bro, uh, listen, <laughs> you know, I, I I, don't know where this is going or, or what the whole makeup of this group will be in the weeks leading uh, into the next pay-per-view, but the fact that he's out there leading the charge that he's a sports entertainer in front of this audience, bro, I can't even fault him for that. Like, normally I'd, I'd listen to that, like, what the fuck? 
if I didn't have this podcast and I didn't know anything about dirt cheese, but I'm like, what the fuck are you doing, bro? Really? Man, this is fucking fantastic. You want to be a fucking heel in this company? Those are the words to use. Fucking sports and enter- I'm waiting for Jericho. I'm telling you, if Jericho's listening, I swear to God, bro, you gotta come out and t- and tell the AEW fans that they are the AEW universe. I swear to God, man, I'll fucking crack up laughing, man. Sorry, give me chills right just to hear him say that on this on this television show. And people legit throw shit in the ring, man. I love it. In in one line, Jericho went out there and became just as big as a heel as MJF. In in one fucking line, he's right under MJF. Nobody's gonna top MJF, but he's right under MJF on that fucking man. He just he just shit on everybody in one fucking line. And then Daniel Garcia, man, Daniel Garcia has been fantastic. And whatever he's done, you know, he's not a relative, uh, you know, bigger name on the roster. He's he's unknown. He's still you know rough around the edges, and he's got to get more familiar with the or the fans got to get more familiar with him. Garcia was standing next to him, and Garcia said, if he's going to stand there and call himself a sports entertainer, Jericho is, well, then I am a sports entertainer, too. His demeanor was, you know, very, very serious here, and he said, as he smiled, my name is Daniel Garcia, and I am a sports entertainer. Bro, you want Daniel Garcia to make a name for himself? He just made it right there with that fucking quote. (laughs) Fucking boo. This guy, we've been saying it for weeks, man. We've been saying it. We started seeing it the same time management. Daniel Garcia is something special. Same for Wheeler Yuta. These guys are something special in the ring. They're both lacking the same things, and that's why they are with these factions that they're with, because those things that they're lacking are going to become no longer an issue. These guys are going to be mega stars one day. You're looking at at a main event title match in AEW, Five to ten years from now, Yuta versus Garcia. You people have been conditioned to to listen to these fucking keywords. We've been conditioned to listen to this fucking garbage from Vince McMahon, WWE Universe, sports entertainer, fucking medical facility. You can't say belt in description of a title because he thinks belts are something that holds up your fucking pants. Uh, what else? Um, what else is uh is a thing in WWE that they don't allow? They don't allow the word wrestling on their show. Uh, premium live event. I, I can't wait for Jericho to call Double or Nothing a premium live event. Premium live? Yeah, yeah, no shit. I mean, the, the, the fucking content here is endless for Jericho, man. You know, some people may think that they're shitting on WWE, and they are in their own way. But these keywords, bro, they are frowned upon industry-wide. And they're made fun of industry-wide. So why not use that in storyline to build your own fucking faction of ex-WWE guys except Daniel Garcia? You know, and that's the greatest thing about it. It's the fact that most of them, four out of five, are WWE guys. If there's anybody that was sports entertainment, it's Jericho. Yeah, and, and, and man, look at the, the facts he just came out of. Who, who did he have it in the circle? Just proud and powerful. Sammy Guevara. And, and Sammy, yeah, right? Yeah. And Sammy's going on to do big things. He, he's because of um, proud and powerful were already great and over amongst the wrestling fans, but now that they've gotten their name out because of Jericho. Hager's going to stay there with Jericho. Um, I don't think the goal is to ever get Hager over. I think Hager is going to stay as Jericho's heater for the duration yeah. of his run. And now we're going to bring up 2.0 and we're going to bring up Garcia and we're going to elevate them and promote them the same way we did Proud and Powerful and Sammy. Jericho, 
is fucking killing it, man. He is he's clicked on all goddamn Jericho cylinders right now. Can't be mad about that. He talked about Daniel Garcia, and he mentioned the date of January 6, 2019. A group of indie wrestlers were in a terrible car crash in Buffalo. He said Garcia was told he'd never walk again. He said he donated thousands of dollars to their recovery. He said Garcia came back and wrestled. He said Garcia appreciates him. He then mentioned the 2.0 guys. 2.0 is a stupid name from shitty creative, he said. So you'll never hear that name ever again. He then went on to use their real names from now on. Dandy Magic, Matt Maynard, and Cool Hand, Angelo Parker. Is now their new names going forward. He said a former... Stupid names. A former best friend. Yeah, you know, it, it goes with the sports entertainment fucking thing. That's why he did it. Yeah. Cool hand, Angelo Parker. Uh, he, he said his former best friend, Kevin, it, it, which is in reference to Kevin Owens, said he got a call to help Matt and Parker. He said he didn't know them, but he was impressed by them. He, he invited them on talk as Jericho, got them hired by AEW. That's why they appreciate me. And we all know Kevin Owens is a huge 2.0 fan, so whatever Jericho said here, folks, that is legitimately what happened. So, shoot, shoot, shoot. Yep. He turned Hager, and by the way, he's mentioning their real names, but uh, Jericho said, we mention our real names here in this Jericho Appreciation Society. Meanwhile, his he's, name he's, is not he's Jericho. Chris, he, he's Chris Jericho. That's not his real name. His name is Christopher Irvine, and, you know, it's it's just, it's just so fucking stupid. It's great, you know? He turned to Hager and said, He's had his back since 2010. He saved his life in Dubai. He's his closest advisor, and he is the hand of the king. Hager then said, we are JAS, and we beat up pro wrestlers. Jericho then said, there you have it, the newest reinvention of the master manipulator and the last true genius of this business, Chris Jericho. Run know who, um, who he targeted in that promo, if you go on Twitter, go on Twitter and find anybody on Twitter after tonight who was on there complaining, saying stuff like, see, they changed someone's names in AEW and you didn't complain, but WWE does it. You guys complain. That's what we just targeted right there. Those idiots. If they can see that this is a fucking rib at the name change on the other side, man, then, then this one was for you. You're the one who missed this one completely. This this is so fucking great, man. Not only, I, I got a couple of things to say before we move on. Number one, it is incredibly fucking, you know, ballsy uh, of Tony Khan and, and Chris Jericho to, to go forth with this idea because we, we all feel the same way. If you watch AEW and, you know, we I watch I watch WWE. I, I fucking hate the product that they're putting out. It's fucking catered to seven-year-old. It's cringe. You know, the characters that they come up with, man. Uh, you know, a week after Pete Dunne was fucking trotted out on Friday Night SmackDown, renamed Butch, and be, and was turned into a fucking 1940s paperboy, and his career ultimately ruined on WWE television, to ultimately see this on, on AEW television with Jericho being as as risque with the, with this new direction of this, of this group, I love it. Especially after the Pete Dunne incident on Friday Night SmackDown. Um, the whole names with... Uh, you know, Matt and Parker here is great. And the, 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 the thing about Jericho, bro, is not only does he look great, so kudos to him on that, but, you know, and I don't want to make this a fucking, you know, fucking dick-sucking fest with uh, Chris Jericho here. You know, 
he reinvents himself so much, bro. There's not many people out there that can go out there and re- constantly reinvent themselves and just push the envelope like the way Chris Jericho does, man. You know, we were we were here months ago saying Chris Jericho is probably better off taking months off of television. Now I want to see Chris Jericho on my television more. Why? Because he figured out that something wasn't clicking, something wasn't right. This is below my standard. He went out there and he fucking he's doing this this thing now with his guys, and it's it's different. It works. And in this crowd, in this environment, the heat that he's gonna get, he just he just knows the audience and he plays into that. There's nobody that recreates and reinvents themselves better than Chris Jericho. Edge is doing it now. On WWE television, masters of their fucking craft, bro. I love it. Yeah, that that that's no one, and and that that's across the board. There is absolutely no one in professional wrestling anywhere that is better at reinventing themselves than Chris Jericho. Raising Brand in the chat with a ninety nine ninety nine bomb. Thank oh. you guys very much. Super chats are open. Get them on in. We will be hanging out at the end of the show. We're in hour two now. Scorpio Sky with American Top Team. Dan Lambert, Paige Van Zandt, and Austin Vanderford against Wardlow for the TNT Championship. Scorpio Sky was wearing the TNT title, but there were two titles, Jesse. Where do you think the the other one ended up? It ended up on the waist of Dan Lambert. He came out parading around with the TNT Championship, the interim TNT Championship. I actually got a good chuckle out of that. This was my face as I saw that coming down to the ring. <laughs> this is guys so are good. Fu- guys are fucking this asshole, man. It's so, so good. good. It's going to piss off so many people. This is so good. So a lot of people were like, ah, Wardlow is going to win this one. I even said it on social media. I'm like, this is going to be a tailor-made setup, a fucking slam dunk for Wardlow to win the TNT championship. I knew it wasn't going to happen because eventually oh. we would see MJF. And uh, Scorpius Guy, apparently the plan was for Scorpius Guy to be the TNT champion. It was uh, months in advance, planned out, and uh, he's going to hold that title for a little bit. But this all resulted in the return of MJF. Sky laid in some shots early on, and Wardlow was eating these shots from Scorpio Sky. Only angered him. Wardlow attacked and slammed Sky down. Uh, they were on the outside. Paige Van Zant distracted Wardlow by allowing Sky to hit a baseball slide on Wardlow to take control. Sky was then, you know, taunting Wardlow in the corner, being very cocky. This led to Wardlow taking Sky down with an overhead belly-to-belly suplex, multiple. Sky then uh, escaped a powerbomb symphony attempt, but Wardlow was able to hit a spine buster. He called for a powerbomb symphony again, hit one, then another, and a third one. On the fourth, Dan Lambert distracted Warlow by jumping on the apron. This allowed Sky to roll to the floor. Sean Spears came down to the ring and chair in hand. This allowed MJF to come out of nowhere with the sneak attack and drove Wardlow into the ring post. Sky then rolled Wardlow up for an easy one, two, three. After the match, everyone tried to beat down Wardlow. Wardlow tried valiantly to fight out of this and fight everybody off and isolate MJF. He had MJF in a powerbomb position, which I loved the tease. This is going to be the selling point of their match at Double or Nothing. They didn't give it away, and Tony Khan would never give it away. He had MJF in a powerbomb. Spears hits Wardlow in the back with a steel chair, and then Vanderford locked on a sleeper. Wardlow apparently uh, had uh, no friends last week, bro, and uh, no friends this week, so... 
He's got no friends in AEW, apparently. Uh, and Spears then hit Wardlow over the head with the chair. He did get his hands up. It wasn't a blatant headshot with the steel chair. MJF then hands Dan Lambert an envelope with money and thanks him for the assist. Asshole move, but I would expect nothing less from MJF, who celebrated a birthday yesterday. Happy birthday to MJF. Wardlow struck, uh, or MJF rather, struck Wardlow with the dynamite diamond ring and then posed after the segment was over by putting his foot on Wardlow's chest and just holding the ring and his fist in the air. This was awesome. Very nice, subtle entry point here, uh, Jesse, for their match as we begin the road to double or nothing between MJF and Wardlow in Las, in Las Vegas. Sometimes the simple things are, are what are what is is what is needed, and it works best. I mean, it, it explained... You, didn't even need a, you don't even need a promo to explain why America's top team did what they did. Because... He just told you right there in the ring. He gave him a big wad of fucking $100 bills and said, thank you, I'll take you. All right? And he's a dick, and he's got money, and that's what happened. And uh, America's top team are heels. They're mercenaries. Give us the fucking money. We'll kick his ass. It explains so much, you know, as opposed to just it just happening with no fucking reason by having to merge the factions. You don't got to merge them together permanently. You don't have to just have it done and not say anything about it. This explains everything. I paid him off because I'm a dick. So simple, so effective. I love it. It's so underrated. Little little bits like that. You don't need to do much here at all. Like Jesse said, <laughs> very simple. MJF paid off Dan Lambert for the gang attack. And this is a very simple storyline to follow. MJF was fucked over by Wardlow because Wardlow pretended like he didn't have the dynamite diamond ring. In fact, he did. He left it in the ring when MJF asked for it at Revolution Gave it to CM Punk, didn't really hand it to CM Punk, but gave it to CM Punk anyway, leaving it in the ring. And Punk took advantage of that using the Dynamite Diamond Ring. And that was it. MJF lost that match, and he's going to blame Wardlow. Show up, Wardlow's got his biggest match ever with the TNT Championship on the line. Who do you think's going to fuck him over and get revenge for fucking him over at Revolution and losing to CM Punk? A very simple story, and I'm sure it's going to elevate as the weeks go on leading into Las Vegas and double or nothing. A great entry point here. Can't complain about anything. Very simple story to follow. If anybody has a complaint about it, I mean, go take a fucking walk, really. Jade Cargill, Jesse, and Mark Sterling. Jade is 30, you know. They want to know who's next for that bitch show. Who's next? And I know you mentioned to me on uh, text while we were watching the show, you think Mark Sterling needs to take a hike, and Jade Cargill now is uh, at a point where she doesn't need Mark Sterling anymore. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, I see why they paired them together to start, you know. But at this point, um, I think he's taking away from an impactful promo that she is very well capable of cutting on her own right now. So I get why they started it. Um, she's established herself as a killer, dominant, and she can cut her own promo. And when she speaks, she gets her point across more impactfully than Sterling. Sterling comes off as a joke. Um, I get where it started. It wasn't stupid to begin with. It was smart. But I think um, she has graduated past having a mouthpiece like Mark Sterling right now. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Jade is is doing a lot better work now than uh, she was a couple of months ago. Uh, I don't I don't mind Mark Sterling, but at some point she's not going to need him. So, you know, whatever you said is correct. Uh, I don't know how long this relationship is going to last. 
But maybe maybe he causes her to get that first loss inadvertently, and then maybe she does away with him and fires him and then moves on to uh, just go about doing business on her own. I, I don't know. That's a good idea. You know? So uh, I could see, yeah. you know, just to keep her looking strong in the end, have Sterling fucking fuck up somewhere and cost her that first loss. So it's not all on her. She can blame it on somebody else and then come back and regain dominance again. So I could see that being an entry point for her getting rid of him at some point. That's a, that's a really good idea. It's a, it's, a, it's a great catalyst to get her lost and protect her at the same time and then further her gimmick without him. So I think that's a great idea. And I'm very curious to know what, what uh, Danison is doing with Jade. I know he's working on her in-ring stuff. I wonder if it really is the full spectrum of things, like how to you know carry yourself in the cadence of, the, of talking, cutting a promo, and all that stuff. I, want, I would love to know uh, what exactly he's going over with her and how frequently he's actually doing that. Yeah, I don't know. I can I can definitely see the the small subtle changes in her in ring work. It's not like she's out there, you know, working five star quality matches, but you can tell that she's doing little bits at a time, and she works on those little things first before she moves on to do other things. So, so slowly but surely, she's coming along in the ring. But in the promo department, she's fucking taking off. So, but it looks like she's getting more comfortable. A promo is something you can you can be taught to do it, but you can't teach someone's comfort. But it seems like that she's already been an outgoing person and she's just getting more comfortable within herself when she speaks now. And you can tell and she's getting really good at it. Yeah. Yeah. She's only going to get better, which is uh, going to be a, a very good thing to see and, and keep an eye on for sure. I don't know who's next, but uh, maybe it's one of these uh, new women that we've been uh, speculating about them coming on into the company. So we'll see what happens with Jade Cargill. And that TBS championship as she is 30 and oh. Has she worked Ruby Soho yet? Yeah. Yeah, I think that was, uh, she beat Ruby to win the title in the finals of the tournament, yeah. In the tournament, okay. Oh, great, not since the tournament did. Okay, then they need to revisit that on a a one-on-one feud type basis because they're not doing enough for Ruby Soho right now. Yeah, she's been off TV for a little bit. Uh, I I don't know what the deal is there, but uh, hopefully with the... She's on dark. Uh, well, maybe with the influx of women that are about to come in, hopefully, maybe she uh, gets a little bit more of a priority on uh, on AEW Dynamite. Yeah. So we got the Hardys here. Hardys. This is not the Hardy Boys. This is not uh, Team Extreme. This is simply the Hardys. It's tough to call uh, grown men in their middle forties the boys, the Hardy Boys. So we got Jeff Hardy and Matt Hardy against Private Party, Isaiah Cassidy and Mark Quinn. Uh, Matt Hardy is back to his old Hardy look, and he's not big money Matt. He's not broken Matt. No sign of that. He did some deletes out there. Jeff did as well. So uh, this is a true Hardy Boys reunion here. So we got Jeff. Can they, I, got a, I got a question. Yeah. How, how come can they use the Hardy brothers? That doesn't sound good in, uh, in I guess, rolling off the tongue. The Hardy Brothers, now the Hardys. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I mean, the Hardy Boys doesn't work. I mean, they're they're fucking senior citizens. Yeah. But. Well, I mean, eventually the Young Bucks are going to get to that point too. They're going to be uh, what? The geriatric Bucks. bucks. Yeah. <laughs> the Bucks. I've already thought about that. Like they ain't the Young Bucks. Yeah, yeah the Bucks. Yeah. <laughs> um. So we got Jeff and Matt coming out. Huge ovation in San Antonio. Still incredibly ovation. Ever since you know Jeff left. WWE, everybody's been anticipating an AW and wondering what, what the reaction was going to be. I knew it was going to be big. I knew this was going to be special. As soon as that music hits, bro, people just go crazy, man. There's just something about the Hardys. 
that's still so incredibly over after all these years, man. 2022, the Hardys are still out there and they're generating, you know, I wouldn't say it's anywhere close to what they were generating in their in their heyday, but holy shit, man. For guys at this stage of their career, how popular they still are, man, is a testament to how fucking good they've been. Yeah, it is. I mean, I've been I've been rough on the Hardy return. I get it. But it has nothing to do with with them um and the level that they work at right now. For, and I, I saw tonight's reaction. It was it was it was a feel good moment. It really it really was. Um, I just don't think this buzz is going to sustain. Um, I think this is a nostalgia pop, and I think once we get into the rhythm of seeing the young tag teams that we are, you know, pushing and getting going right here, I don't know if we're still going to feel like we want to see the Hardy brother, the Hardys, um, defeat one of our young tag team champions for the for those for those titles. I mean, I know they're going to get the match. I know it. Don't get me wrong. But I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I just I just think this nostalgia kick is going to wear off. They don't think they should be actually winning the titles, but they might. I get it. It's the final run. I can appreciate that. Bro, this is, this. The, I, I don't think this is a nostalgia thing, bro. I, I honestly think that this is the end of their career, and I think it needs a proper send-off. And if it results in them winning the tag team championships, then by all means, give them the tag team championships. When, hey, whenever whenever that's perfect. perfect. Yeah. I mean, obviously, they're going to end up deserving it. They're going to go on a, a win streak, and they're going to beat all the tag teams in AEW. So when they get to that point, clearly, they're going to end up deserving it. Yeah, yeah I can see that. But uh, Matt and Jeff, incredibly over here tonight. Uh, the Hardys isolated Quinn with some double teams and some quick tags. Private Party uh, returned the favor with some double team moves of their own that were very similar to what Matt and Jeff did. Uh, the referee was distracted at one point. Private Party crotch Matt around the ring post allowing them to take control early on. So Quinn used a distraction to land a great Tope Cone Hero on Matt. Private Party hit a double team for two. Matt was able to uh, then reach Jeff for a hot tag. Crowd went crazy. Jeff ran wild on Cassidy doing some of Jeff Hardy's signature offense. The the leg drops, the uh, falling into the pinning combination that he does, kind of just turning uh, Isaiah Cassidy into a pretzel. He then set up for a swanton bomb. Quinn pulled him down. Matt hit a side effect on Quinn. Jeff hit a top rope splash on Cassidy for a two count. Cassidy then countered a twist of fate, and Matt stopped uh, an attempt of Private Party's silly string. Then the Hardys both hit twist of fate, and Jeff landed a swanton for the win, and the Hardys get their first official win as the Hardys on AEW television to a huge reaction in San Antonio, Texas. After the match, Andrade El Idolo... And uh, the now, Jesse, Andrade family office, which is lame, they came down and they kind of were taunting and teasing the Hardy Boys. They surrounded the ring, and then all of a sudden, Darby's music hits. Out comes Darby and Sting. They came out to even the odds, and they came into the ring to back up the Hardys here. And it looks like we may be getting a four-on-four at some point and I'm not really all that excited about it, man. I think Andrade is a lot better than this. Uh, I don't really see the correlation between Andrade and Private Party, Andrade and the Bunny, or Butcher and Blade. I mean, Andrade deserves better, bro. Really. He does. He does. I mean, I don't know what else to really say about this Andrade situation, but it's been long enough. He should have a home as far as where he fits in on this roster, and he does not. Um, they're still trying to figure it out. I mean, it's 
it shouldn't be that hard. I still, for the sake of me, man, I still cannot figure out why this guy has a mouthpiece with him, yet he continues to do literally all of the talking. All of it. Why is this guy even there? Uh, maybe maybe, maybe he fills out his uh, his tax forms, bro. I, I don't know. Maybe he it answers makes, his emails. It makes no fucking sense. Clearly, the guy would benefit from a mouthpiece. Someone needs to come on and do 85 to 90% of his fucking promos. And at the end, he can say something that's impactful, something that he's been working on, something he can say clearly so that there's no distinction as to what he's trying to fucking say. And it would benefit him on the microphone. There's a reason why he needs a mouthpiece and they're not using it. I don't understand it. Listen, man, Andrade, you know, again, I don't see the correlation between Andrade and all these other characters here in the uh, Andrade family office. Dump the fucking Andrade family office, the family office thing, period. Tony Condra's bought Ring of Honor. When Roosh comes back, when Bandito comes back, bro, we, we need like a Mexican mafia here. We, we need Andrade, Bandito, and Roosh to get together, and that's, that's his family. That's the fucking team that I want to see together. Not, not this shit. I mean, he's so much better than this. I want him to align himself with uh, those that are very similar to him and actual friends to him. Not fucking Butcher and Blade. I think they're, they're better off by themselves. And they've been doing some decent work on their own when they're in the ring. I don't think they need to be with anybody. The Bunny is enough. Just push them as a tag team. Yeah, Butcher and Blade with Bunny as their valet, a non-wrestling valet. I've said for a long time, I've been, I mean, Butcher and Blade are over with me, man. I'm, I was digging their gimmick when they came out. When they came out, I was like, look at these guys. Yeah. And what the fuck is this? And after a few weeks of watching them work, I was sold. I was sold. And they had the bunny as their valet. Perfect. And then they, they just started doing stuff. Bunny started wrestling, putting them in, having a faction and a faction and everything else. And they just got, and then the injuries didn't help them. I just think the Butcher and Blade could be doing so much better. Same as Andrade. I don't think anyone in that faction needs each other. They can yeah. all be solo. And we'll see what happens with Andrade. I think he deserves a lot better. I mean, uh, he was looking at the TNT Championship. It seems like uh, ever since Sammy lost that TNT Championship, they're going in a, in a completely different direction now. And uh, Andrade would have definitely benefited from uh, that championship around his waist. But um, we move on here. We talked about the Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa match. So if you guys want our thoughts about that, it was legitimately the first thing we talked about at the top. So we're not going to go over it again. So if you guys want to go back and listen to that, Jesse and I went over the entire match. Our thoughts about, you know, Thunder Rosa and what she does with the division now as the champion. Where does Britt Baker go? Where do we see the division as a whole? Everything you guys need is packed into that opening segment of tonight's show. So uh, we're going to end with this. Tony Schiavone interviewed Red Velvet. And uh, Red Velvet is going one-on-one with Layla Hirsch because now she sees the real Layla Hirsch. I mean, it's great to see Red Velvet, but, uh, you know, wake me when it's over, bro. Wake me when it's over. I I just don't care. Red Velvet has taken a step back since her initial push. Yeah. And trying to work her back up, dealing with Layla Hirsch is not doing either one of them. It's really not. I think... um, Red Velvet needs to be put up there in the ring or with Britt Baker's, Thunder Rosa's, Serena Deeb's, and not on dark wrestling Layla Hirsch. It's just not a good idea. No. And then uh, AEW TV this week, folks. We got uh, Rampage coming up on Friday, 11.30 Eastern is going to be the new uh, time slot for this week only. 
So we got Butcher and Darby. We got Bear Country and Fuego Del Sol versus House of Black. Max Caster versus Keith Lee and Layla Hirsch versus Red Velvet. Seems like a very missable AEW Rampage at 11.30, and I think Tony Khan kind of knew that, so I won't be watching on Friday night. I'll wait till uh, some point on Saturday to uh, get caught up on what happened. So that is your AEW Dynamite post show, which was a very memorable one tonight with Thunder Rosa winning the AEW Women's Championship in her hometown of San Antonio, Texas. Covered a two-hour show in just under two hours. I know. Look at that. You know what it is, bro? More time for destiny. Oh, yeah. You know me very well, man. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump on that. I'm reading uh, I'm reading Freddie Freeman is Dodger bound. That's great. Yeah, that's what I heard. That's great. So, uh, listen, man, I, I don't have any ill will towards uh, Freddie Freeman. It is what it is. Braves still are a uh, world champion contender team, and they've added some solid pieces. So we'll see what happens. But wait. um, wait, wait, wait. Did they trade him, or did he just? No, leave? he was a free. He was a free agent. He wanted more money. Okay, okay. Why would they send him to the fucking Dodgers? Oh, okay. Well, they didn't send them anyway. He wants to. He wants to be paid, and the Dodgers are going to pay him. There you go. That's, that's that, dude. Well, guys, uh, super chats are open. We're going to read through the super chats right now. So, if you got anything to say, last call in the venue is now. Make sure you guys continue to hit that membership join button. VIP status for you. Get those emotes and those badges next to your name, man. So, sign up and become a channel member. And hit that thumbs up, man. We are six away from 1,000 likes on the live stream chat. So if you guys are in the chat and have not hit the thumbs up, please hit that thumbs up for me. It greatly helps out the video. We're going to start at the top here with D Bestardo with a $5 Super Chat. Monday, you captured how important Razor Ramon is to us and the deep impact he had on our childhood. You have the right words at the right time. Thank you, brother. With a five dollar super chat, thank you, Bastardo. Uh, yes, Razor Ramon was uh, a very pivotal part of my childhood, and uh, at sixty three years old, man, gone way too soon. But it seems like that's uh, a natural thing in the world of pro wrestling, uh, a regular thing, and it shouldn't be. But uh, he will be missed, man, and his influence will live on forever. What are you texting me here, bro? Athena, I'm blocked on Twitter, bro. I can't see her tweets. He blocked you on Twitter. I'm, I've been blocked since the Alexa Bliss days. Auctioning off my NXT War Games light up skull mask. Bid now before it's too late. No, thank you. It bids up to hundred dollars. That's it. Yeah, it just it just went up. I could see some schmuck paying uh, seven hundred dollars for that shit. It's um, up to hundred. It's, it's five. It's five and a half days up to hundred, and there's. Uh, like five or six bidders. There's a few bidders on it already. Yes, I'm blocked. I've been blocked since the Alexa Bliss uh, scandal. So uh, I don't know what I said. I always, I always loved her. I don't, I don't know why I got blocked, but uh, I'm blocked by Mia Yim too because of that shit. What? It is what it is. Oh my god. Michelle Moran with a five dollar super chat. Brian Moxley, you the trio is rather odd, but also intriguing as well, and rather odd that the tag and world champions lost tonight, which seemed WWE like. Yes. It's not that odd. What, 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 what do Yuta and Danielson and Mox have in common? They're all Wrestling. WWE superstars, ex-WWE superstars. Uh, wrestling, though. Wrestling. Just, just pure wrestling. Yes. How about how about how about um Regal's crew versus Jericho's crew? I like wrestlers it. versus the sports entertainers. I like it. That's where yeah. they may end up going, man. Who knows? 
There you go. Vicky with two $5 Super Chats. Do you think Aubrey Edwards will take a hit during this main event? Uh, she did not, so uh, I don't think Aubrey uh, is ever going to take a hit during the main event. And I don't think she's gonna take a. I don't think she's gonna take like a a, a random referee bump. Either. No, I don't not see like, her getting bumped down. No, 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 nothing like Earl Hebner back in the day. No way. Oh, fucking Hebner never stayed up. No. <laughs> and uh, Vicky says, "I figured Thunder Rose was going to win when she had the mariachi entrance. Yes, they gave her the full blown out uh, celebratory uh, everything tonight. So that was the, great. The, conf- the confetti came down red, green, and white. I mean, who the fuck did you think was gonna win?" I don't think they put any of the black and white Rip Baker colors in there with the confetti, man. No, nah, it was all Thunder Rosa colors. Same colors her outfit. And and, and shout out to Rip Baker's uh, bad guy outfit, man. Oh, yeah. That was nice. Drew Gilmore. That was, thing. That was weird. I'm sorry to cut you, man. There, there was no there was no tribute to Scott Hall. They made the commentary mentioned them, but there was no graphic, nothing. No, they actually they, they, they posted something on Twitter, I think. Did they? Yeah. They posted a graphic, uh, a remembrance graphic of Scott Hall on Twitter, yeah. That sucks. I wonder why they didn't mention him on the show, per se. I don't know. Drew Gilmore with the $10 Super Chat. What's up, guys? Wrapping up a 12-page paper while in the OTS venue with a cold beverage on deck and listening to the IWC Tag Team Champions. Congratulations, Thunder Rosa. And it is good to see Matt and Jeff back together. The Hardys. Thank you, Drew. Good luck with that paper, bro. 12 pages, man. A lot of fucking work. But you got the cold beverages, man. You got the cold beverages flowing in the venue, man. You got you got something with you at all times. Raging Girl Gamer, she knows a thing or two about cold beverages. With this fucking comment, I may have to dump her outside next to uh, Bob, the fucking homeless guy behind the dumpster. AEW's been getting better and better every show. 10 out of 10 tonight, but you know WWE will always be number one, baby. Bro, what did you what did, what did you what did you serve her tonight, bro? Really? Quite possibly true. Number one at what? Just the number one at being, I don't know, a wrestling company, I guess. They make more money. They travel to more towns, countries. They know more famous. Bro, you been drinking tonight too? But those are all facts, man. You know I don't like WWE. Good fucking plan. You know I'm right. Pedro Muriel with a 199 Super Chat. Leaves no mess. Put in the tip, y'all, bro. East will be back uh, hopefully soon. I don't know. When is East coming back? I heard next week. Going back to no job. She may she may be in Puerto Rico forever, man. I don't know. Thunder Rosa went out to ringside when the cage went up. She got her entire fucking family at the front row, man. Of course. All of them. Like, like everybody there. Like, there's a fucking son. There's a husband right there. I mean, God, she had win face all over the place. She was never losing. Of course she wasn't losing, man. This was all predetermined and pre-planned. Oh, man. Tony Brown with uh, two $5 Super Chats. He says this, Thunder Booty and Friday Delicious Red Velvet. Tony Brown's uh, got excellent taste in women. Micah with... Tony Brown's a pervert, man. Listen, man, Tony Brown is a VIP, bro. Watch your mouth. Hey, VIPs can be perverts. It's all good. Micah with a 199 Super Chat. AW was awesome tonight. Live in San Antonio, Texas. I had fun. I knew you would, bro. Picked a good night to go, man. You guys were crazy. Unique Butterfly with a $10 Super Chat. Congrats to my girl, Thunder Rosa. Thoroughly enjoyed Dynamite. Wardlow is the man. The Hardys reunited. Oh, yeah. This is coming from an E-Faithful. 
It's all right to like both, Butterfly. It's all right to like both. Just don't be a, a fucking e-drone like you see on social media. Randy B. With a $5 super chat. Congrats to Thunder Rosa. All right, goosebumps the moment. Three was counted. She deserves it. AEW knows how to make the crowd happy. Keep up the work. Good work. Jay did. Thank you, Randy. Hurley Jones with a $5 super chat. Hey, JD and Jesse, I always look forward to your podcast. Number one in the IWC. Always, my brother. And we were number one by nearly a 1,000 tonight. I appreciate everybody. Um, Raging Girl Gamer with a 999 Super Chat. I hope everyone is good tonight. I miss being here every live stream, but I will come here when I can most definitely. I consider y'all family, and I love y'all. I need sleep. JD and Jesse holding it down. We love you too, Rage. Always. Always. VIP always. Joseph Taylor with a $10 Super Chat. Dynamite was amazing tonight. Rest in peace, Scott Hall. JD, I asked Jesse for peanut butter whiskey, but he gave me a Shirley Temple. Fire him. All that shit myself. Bro, listen, you know, I I don't serve Shirley Temples here, and Jesse probably knows better not to as well. It's just as bad as water. Nothing but Cherry 7 up. But listen, man, I I can't turn down a good Shirley Temple, man. You should have enjoyed this, Shirley. It's going to be water for that guy next time. If Jesse made a mistake and gave you a Shirley Temple, bro, I think that's a good mistake to have. Uh, Angel. With a three-month membership, thank you, brother. Thank you for the recommitment to the VIP club. Love the Brit Thunder Rosa match, he says. And Tyler B becomes a new member. Tonight, what are you drinking, bro? First round is on me. I've been drinking, bro. Some of my uh, my buddies from Massachusetts make fun of me, man. But I like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a taste guy, man. I like flavorful stuff. You know, I've been, uh, I've been diving into the whiskey realm. I had uh, bullet bourbon for the first time yesterday. Man, never had it. Always wanted to try it. Really good stuff. You ever had bullet? No, I never had bullet. I had it. I had it mixed in drinks before, but never had it straight. And uh, and, and Buffalo Trace is good too. I don't know if you're familiar with Buffalo Trace. No, no. But me and Hodge were talking, man. Might might have to come out there for an episode of CNC. Yeah, you should. And we should drink some fucking whiskey. May have to, man. We'll, we'll, make, we'll make that we'll, we'll make that episode the round table of whiskey tastings. Peanut butter whiskey will definitely be on the menu. Hey man, I had a, I had a bottle of Crown Apple, bro. It's all gone. This stuff is great, ain't it? Fucking uh, mix that with uh, with some Coke Zero, bro. Oh my goodness, man! It's like nonstop drinks all night. Uh, I'm not a pop drinker, man, but cranberry juice and apple crown for me is the go-to. I gotta try that. Sounds good. Very good. Um, Tyler B, thank you so much, brother. Michael Partham with a 316 super chat. Oh, look at this guy. Rosa winning the title was just too sweet. Indeed it was, man. Marcus Gunn with a $2 super chat. Hill Jericho is back, baby. Steven Escalante with a 199 super chat. AW 9 out of 10, and this is the way. AEW better than WWE 100%. Always, Steven. Always. Uh, Edward Serenson, what's up, brother? Five dollars super chat. Thunder Rose's first match as Champ versus Jesse. Winner gets extra sour cream on their tacos. Hey yo, tonight was a banger. And what are you drinking? Apparently, Thunder Rosa enjoys sour cream on her tacos. Jesse is what I heard. It's false, brother. What are you talking about? She does not like sour cream. Not only that, 
Delarosa is lactose intolerant, bro. She can, she does not touch it at all. She can't have some. Listen, to look at look at this guy with the fucking facts. He's so fucking scared of Thunder Rosa. He's fucking fact checking everything, man. So he's in the safe I zone. I fucking watched the taco vlog where he came up. Do you like sour cream? I was doing something. I look. I, this guy was, is fucking blaming uh, me for stalking Tony Storm, and this so, guy is stalking Thunder Rosa, knowing that she's lactose intolerant. So I'm doing the fucking dishes, right? And I got my Bluetooth earbuds in. And um, I hear, like, it was she was doing a taco vlog with Johnny Hungy. And he asked, he's like, do you like sour cream with your tacos? No, what? And then she said, oh, no, 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 no. Lactose intolerant, can't have it. I'm like, oh, okay. It's official? Yes, she's lactose intolerant. She can't have it. But if she wasn't, would she? Doesn't matter. She does not put sour cream on her tacos. That discussion is over. Done. Listen, well, this, 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 this discussion will never be over. It's oh, she does not put sour cream on her tacos. And, and Jesse just texted me. He's going to be. He's already a subscriber to Tony Storm's OnlyFans. Oh, my is God. what he just texted. Somehow you were quick to find out the news that she had a fucking OnlyFans. Bro, it's bro. everywhere, man. It's on fucking Twitter, man. Just fucking look at Twitter. So. I think I know where to start looking to find out how her nudes get leaked, bruh. I had nothing to do with that. Yeah, okay. Right. Nothing to do with that. Did you download them? I did not. You lying piece of fucking I, shit. I, 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 who, did, I, I who didn't. In chat, who in this chat thinks that JD did not download Tony Storm's nude fucking pics? Not me. I'm a respectable human being, bro. Steven and chat, Edward. If JD downloaded those Listen, picks. man, my fans know I'm not like that, bro. Come on. One in the chat. Come on now. Listen, man, I'm gonna, have to, I'm gonna have to dump you, man. You're gonna be outside with Rage in a second, okay? Um, Joseph to Edward, thank you so much, man. Joseph Taylor with a two-dollar super chat. Jesse, your tacos suck. Look at that. What a perfect fucking super chat to follow this fucking geek's comments. Yeah. Yeah. Munchie time. <laughs> Munchie time with a 999 Super Chat. Reason to mean Marky D's absence. Sources say he has to take over the bar since Jesse's too busy making his crappy tacos without sour cream. Keep up the fun stream, guys. Screwball, please. Cheers. Bro, mean Marky D is, uh, I don't know where he is, man. He, he went radio silent, man. Maybe he subscribed to Tony Storm's OnlyFans. I don't know. Ryan Heisman. I kicked him out along with who media. Well, you got a problem with Hoot Media? Hoot Media hasn't been in the chat, man. I know. I kicked out Hoot Media and Marky D. Yeah, Hoot, Hoot Media is, is not a fan of you. And I can personally uh, attest to that. But Hoot Media is gone, right? Listen, man, you're gonna come across. You're gonna you're gonna have that crossroads with Hoot Media again, bro. You you better watch him out. Uh. Munchie time, thank you, brother. Ryan Heisler, what's next for Britt Baker? Tony Storm, baby. I could see that. All joking aside, I could absolutely see that. Steven Escalante with a 199 Super Chat. Thank you, brother. You just gave me another 199 Super Chat and said the same thing that you said in the first Super Chat. Brandon Jefferson with a 499. JD, can I get some screwball? And Jesse, fix your damn tacos for Christ's sakes. You heard him? My wife, my wife says it's hilarious when she sees people in the chat rattle my tacos because she knows how incredible they are. True fact, I'm not making that up. She goes, 
She goes, it's funny watching them like doggy tacos when they're fucking delicious. Like, I know, I know, they never had them. It's all good. Uh, bro, I I know you you paid your wife off to to say that they're excellent. Yep. Sorry, bro. Sorry, bro. No need. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna bro. I'm gonna uncover this fucking scam of yours. I I know that you I, you got you got these tacos shipped in from a local Mexican joint that is highly rated in your area, and you're pointing them off as your your own tacos. We, um, yesterday was Tuesday, so we, you know, Taco Tuesday. We wanted tacos, so we ordered from the local restaurant over here. It's pretty good stuff. It's not bad. Mine are better. Ah, uh, someone. Them, my wife said to it, mine are better. Yours are better. All right. Listen, man, yours, yours look good. I got, I got, I got to taste it. Next time we're together, man, we gotta, we gotta have tacos made and we gotta film it. I don't think I want to give you my tacos because no matter how delicious they are. Listen, man, I, I'm uh, I'm a very fair critique. Somebody in the chat said there's no mods in the chat. Yes, there is. Jesse's here. I just saw Jacob. And I'm here. And J- Hooligram's here. What are you talking about? No mods in the chat. You got three mods right here. Uh, the Gary Sphere with a $5 super chat. MJF hasn't wrestled since Revolution. Is he a part-timer? I can't tell. Who? MJF. MJF is not a part-time at Gary Sphere, but Jesse thinks he is. There you go. Barry Goldwater, final super chat. Do you guys think Big Swole helped contribute Britt Baker's character during their feud? No. Not at all. Christopher Spires with a final super chat. What's next for Britt Baker? Well, we talked about it uh, earlier, Christopher Spires. You got to go back and listen, man. Rated M Gamer with a $10 super chat. The Bozos from uh, Create Your Narrative or Control Your Narrative. CYN, SIN, are prohibiting super kicks, tope suicidas, and Canadian destroyers. They're clearly anti-AEW without really saying it. They're never going to be at AEW's level. Control that narrative. So pretty much what you're saying, Reddit M Gamer, is that they're pretty much raw underground. Is what you're saying. Those guys, those guys are trying something. They're taking a chance on themselves and... They're doing something. I'm not gonna shit on them, man. It might not be what we expect or like right now, but they're doing something and they're fucking trying. I'm not gonna shit on them. They can do whatever the fuck they want. I won't be interested in it. Kudos to go. them. Robert Lamoa would have fought out Super Chat. As soon as Tony Storm starts on OnlyFans, JD instantly subscribes. Don't lie. JD admitted. This is false, a false narrative, Robert Lamoa. She has one fucking subscriber. Guess who it is? Bro, I'm not subscribing for twenty dollars a month. Bro. How do you know how much it costs? Because it's in the fucking report, bro. It's in the report. For the love of wrestling, becomes a member for fourteen months. Great show tonight. Topped off with Thunder winning. Made for a very enjoyable show. OTS for life. Thank you. Love of wrestling. I appreciate you, man. Thank you for becoming a fourteen-month VIP, man. Major Delaney with a 999 Super Chat. Why is Diamante constantly overlooked? Even when the division was weak, she was not considered a legitimate contender. Uh, Major Delaney, to be honest, Diamante isn't all that good. Not that good. I was, I was, I was thinking the exact same thing. She's not that good. James Smith with a Canadian $2 Super Chat. We got uh, Moriarty, Garcia, Utah, and Hook. They are all future pillars of AEW. If you say so, man. Hook, yeah. Moriarty, I don't know. Garcia, absolutely. 
Yuta, maybe. We'll see, man. No rush. Jason Lucas with a 999 Super Chat. You did a fantastic tribute to Scott Hall, bro. Love your show. If anyone hasn't seen Razor Ramon's promos, Chicas are for fun. Check it out. It's hilarious and savage. Razor Ramon was uh, a childhood favorite, bro. The guy with the animals. $5 Super Chat. Rose's win gave me chills, man. I'm glad AEW has given me back my passion for pro wrestling. Y'all have a good rest of the night. OTS for life. Thank you. Guy with the animals. Appreciate you, brother. Kratos becomes a new member. I know he's not a new member, but thank you anyway, Kratos. I know you've been here for a while. I don't know why it says that. Uh, Barry Goldwater with a $5 super chat. Why not make a captivating storyline between two wrestlers instead of booking a random match? Uh, I don't know what you're talking about, bro. What random match are you talking about? A captivating storyline between two wrestlers instead of booking a random match, bro. This is not Monday Night Raw. This is AEW Dynamite. PMAC. When I, um, when, when I was outside of the Wind Trust and I got attacked, I, um, every time someone mentions, uh, Diamante, I kind of want to tell everyone my experience that I, that I had with Diamante, but I don't want to put her business out there. So every time someone mentions Diamante, I just kind of like smirk. I caught her like outside of her outside of her gimmick and Diamante's alright man but she just needs to improve in her yeah she is uh, yeah she's not that impressive in the ring yeah um Barry Goldwater thank you so much man PMAC with a $10 super chat got my tickets for Dynamite after double or nothing in LA hey JD you said it was at the Coliseum that's a football stadium where the USC plays or USC plays it's at the Forum in Inglewood, where the Lakers used to be. Thank you for the update, PMAC. I appreciate you. Uh, either way, Coliseum or Forum, wherever they are, they sold it out in uh, a half a day. So, And that's a very tough market over there. That's a WWE market. So AEW did it, and good for them. Kratos with the $2 Super Jack. Killer Cross versus Minoru Suzuki in New Japan. Take my money. Yes, it's happening. I think Killer Cross, uh, I talked about this on uh, Off the Script for tomorrow. Uh, Killer Cross is going to do very well in uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. That's cool for him. Steven Escalante with a 199 Super Chat. Thoughts on Killer Cross going to New Japan? Uh, talked about this on OTS 422 tomorrow. Steven. Bradley Xavier with an Australian $5 Super Chat. Thought Sin was going to be a promotion to help guide indie guys, find characters that best suits them instead of a poor man's fight club. Hashtag fail. Listen, man, let's see what they do as a, as a first show, and then you do, can criticize guys, Yeah. Guys, don't be so fucking toxic off the bat. I mean, give it a chance, man. Brandon James Shea, Freddie Freeman goes wait, to wait, the... Wait, wait, wait. Let, it, let it play out. Yeah, let it play, there you go. Let it play out, Bradley. Let it play out, says Jesse. Brandon James Shea with a $5 Super Chat. Freddie Freeman goes to the Los Angeles Dodgers, signs six years and $150 million. Bro, he's not signing $150 million, man. He's looking for, like, $300 million. If it, if it would have took $150 million, it'd still be with the Braves. Uh, Nathan, with a $10 Super Chat. I hope San Antonio was loud and vocal on TV. I lost my voice stream for Rose. The first AEW show live, and it was fun as fuck. Great birthday gift. Cheers, JD, Jesse, and the OTS venue. You uh, picked a, a great night to go, bro. You guys killed it in San Antonio. PMAC with a 7 in Super Chat. Make sure you check out Thunder Rose's taco blog the week AEW 
or this week, AEW all here in LA, you're going to get some free old tacos and no sour cream. Meant to say real tacos. LA knows how to do goddamn tacos. Yes, they do. Freebird with a $5 super chat. JDI sent you a tweet, but in WW2K22, it's called the. It's called Keith Lee is Limited. Someone at 2K must watch OTS because you stated that several times. Keith Lee is called Limited? I'm not sure what you mean, Freebird. I didn't even know Keith Lee was in the game. Uh, Joseph Taylor with a $2 super chat. Painless by Judas. That's also a good one. Or you mean painless by by Fozzie, and not Judas. Judas is the Fozzie song. <laughs> or, or Judas Pete. You mean Judas Priest? I don't know what you mean, bro. You got it. You got to elaborate. Uh, Raisin Brand one five one with a one hundred dollars super chat. The JAS are sports entertainers who beat up pro wrestlers. Regal's growing faction does the opposite. Could we see a future feud between the two groups? Jesse legitimately said that, bro. Great minds think alike, Raisin Brand. Thank you for your uh, 100 in Super Chat, man. A lot of money. Appreciate you being in the venue. Robert Lamar, what a fight Super Chat. I was told by the E-Drones and haters that Scorpio Sky will lose the title and only win it because he's a black man and AEW is not diverse. Well, Scorpio Sky won tonight, bro, so fuck the E-Drones. He'll lose it eventually. He will lose it eventually, yes. And then they will cry that Tony Khan is not diverse. Yep. Uh, outside the brand with a forty nine ninety nine super chat. Thank you, brother. What's going on, JD and Jesse? Including, be more proud of Thunder Rosa for her accomplishments here in AEW. This division is in good hands. Thoughts on Regal slapping the hell out of Yuta? What happens here? Keep it up, guys. You're an inspiration to me. Uh, we talked about Regal slapping the hell out of Yuta, bro. Uh, when we talked about the match with the best friends. Um, we both think that Moxley and Brian are going to be on their way for Tag Team Championship gold pretty soon. I think Yuta's on the way to join in the stable. That's how, that's how Regal uh, initiated Moxley and Brian. He slapped them in, basically. Yeah. So, and Yuta said at the end of it, he said, all right, all right, all right I'll be back. So they kinda, they want to see his drive. They want to see his determination. Slap, but he, they're testing. We'll see. Thank you, Outside the Brand, for the 15th Super Chat, bro. I appreciate you, man. Phil with the 499 Super Chat. Outside the Brand is the podcast I run, by the way. Love you guys. Thank you, brother. Thank you so much, man. Uh, Barry Goldwater with a $10 Super Chat. There's a logic gap. MJF could have let Wardlow win the championship. He can then demand it if he refuses MJF. Could sue Wardlow because he has a contract with MJF. There's no logic at Barry. MJF said a couple weeks ago that if, uh, if Wardlow wins the TNT championship, he could keep it. So he... That was before he got fucked over by Wardlow at Revolution. So MJF is only doing the right thing and getting retaliation because Wardlow took away something from him. Now MJF has to return the favor. No logic out there, brother. Uh, Joseph Taylor with a $2 Super Chat. The Dodgers signed Freddie Freeman. I heard it is not official yet, but it more than likely will be. Man of a thousand five holds. $2 Super Chat. You think Brian Cage will be MJF's new bodyguard? Not a bad idea. It's not a bad idea. He's uh, definitely on his way back to television. Steven Escalante with a $4.99 Super Chat. I had a pick earlier that uh, had Andrade being in a Mexican Mafia faction. 
I like it. You've been, that's what you've been saying for weeks. Yeah. Barry Goldwater with a $5 Super Chat. I will take a Russian invasion of Ukraine any day than AW's women's division. What the fuck are you talking about, bro? Seriously? Really? Barry Goldwater, man. I'm going to have to kick you out, bro. going to have to kick you out of here. Uh, Lenny Brandenburg with a 199 Super Chat. What do you think about the Braves' new first baseman? I heard he's got better offense than Freddie Freeman, man. So we'll see what happens. 39 home runs last year. 270 average, over 100 ribbies. I'm good to go. He's the new first baseman. Matt Olson from the Oakland A's, man. He's a uh, Atlanta native, and he's like 28 years old. Shakoy with a $2 Super Chat. Thoughts on Eric Bischoff's AEW comments on storytelling. Eric Bischoff is trying to get a job with Vince McMahon, and he's a fucking idiot, bro. That's all I have to say about that. Next. Chelsea with a Canadian $2 Super Chat times two. Amazing show tonight. Love it. I need a drink. OTS for life. And Jesse burnt the tacos. Fix the tacos, and I need bourbon. Chelsea, I'll give you whatever you need, man. I don't know if I can fix the tacos unless I cook them personally. Nobody marinates chicken or steak like I do. This geek included. (laughs) 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 Can't wait. Uh, Phil with the 499 Super Chat. Jesse, we know you paid your wife off. We know your tacos suck. Thunder Rosa is a beast, and you can't handle her even if you tried. All love. It's amazing. My wife comes in here, and she fucking just shits on me and rips on me in the chat all night long but then she says my tacos are great and oh you paid her off and Joseph Taylor with a $2 super chat he meant painless by Fozzie I knew you meant painless by Fozzie bro I, I wasn't sure if you meant Judas Priest maybe maybe Judas Priest has a fucking song I don't know of called painless I, I get what you're saying man that's a good song too but um Jericho's going to keep Judas and continue to shit on the fans because they continue to sing along with it, so I don't see it going anywhere. DX Fan for Life. Or DX for Life. One with a Australia $10 Super Chat. I know Bischoff wants attention, but what did TK do to him to make him a WWE shill? In their countdown shows building up to their pay-per-views, there's heaps of story. Daniel Garcia under Jericho will be great. Bro... Tony Khan realized that he didn't want to bring Eric Bischoff in for a job, and Eric Bischoff thought he was going to get a job with AEW, and Tony Khan said no. So now it's yeah. uh, only only right for Tony uh, Khan or Eric Bischoff rather to shit on Tony Khan and AEW. Yeah, I think Eric Bischoff has fallen under the bully Ray category. Sometimes you just you just say dumb shit about the most popular brand currently, and it gets you in the news. Yeah. We're talking about him right now. Yes. And that's uh, that's where I'm leaving that. I'm not mentioning Eric Bischoff again tonight. Because I'm revving up the Mustang, man. And Jesse and I are getting out of here. And we are going to hop on our PS5s. And we're going to uh, continue to grind Destiny until we get sleepy. Because that's exactly what we're doing as we get out of here, man. I want to thank everybody for hanging out with us on this Wednesday night in the venue. Appreciate you guys. Any parting words, Jesse, before we get the fuck out of here? Nah, man. Let's go have some fun, guys. Join me on Mondays and Tuesdays. Shot Smart with a space in between on YouTube. You can find me. And like I said, man, big things are coming. I appreciate my day oneers every night. And I'll see you guys then. There you go. 
And guys, you'll see me back in the venue on Friday. It is going to be only a SmackDown stream. I will not be watching Rampage at 11.30. I will not be going live at 12.30 and staying live till 2.30 in the morning. So it's going to be SmackDown at 10, and I want to be out of here by 12. So that's what's happening there. I'll catch Rampage back at its normal hour when it goes to 10 o'clock the following week, and we'll resume things uh, when it goes back to normal. But uh, I appreciate you guys, man. Thank you for all the super chats. Thank you for the love, guys. You guys continue to make the channel great every single week. Brian with a 199 Super Chat. Rock coming out at the end of Mania. Yes, he is. I think so, anyway. Thank you for the 1,000 likes. Thank you for the new memberships. Again, thank you for the super chats. And make sure you guys follow me on social media, at JD from NY206. And you guys can follow Jesse on Twitter as well, at ChiTownSmart. And go check out all the other videos that you might have missed on the channel. And Off the Script, episode 422 is going to be uploaded tomorrow afternoon. So you guys got something for your Thursday afternoons. Guys, I need two things from me before I get the hell out of here. Number one, I need those guitar emojis in the chat and my VIPs. And we got three new ones and a ton of them in the chat right now. I need those Mustang emojis in the chat as well. And number two... When that guitar solo comes on, I need that music on max. Guys, I'll see you on Friday for SmackDown Live right here on OTS from the OTS venue. And until then, have a good night, guys. I'll see you later.